Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss that's september 30th 1998 it's a day i'll never forget Hello and welcome to Core. This is Core, where we talk about video games, both uh, issues big and small. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. And today, kind of a weird day for news. A lot of stuff dropped today, just today. So it's perfect that we're recording tonight and uh, we're excited to get to it. But we cannot at least, uh, we have to, we, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is trying to fill the void, the big Diablo-sized hole that was left in the wake of a beta being ripped from our grasp. During mm, yeah. a, uh, a two-week beta period, I missed it horribly, and tried desperately to do other things gaming-wise that would somehow fill that void, and it never really quite worked for me. Did you, Bo? Did you feel this way? Did you have a, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've played all the Diablos. I played Diablo two. I played Diablo three. Mm. I played. Uh, well, that was the only Diablo I played. But I played a lot of them. <laughs> I played Diablo one from top to bottom. Uh, no, that's good. I mean, I, I actually even tried to dabble in a couple of Diablo likes just to kind of, I don't know, soothe the savage beast. It didn't really work because all I could think none of was of them, like, you know, this isn't none as of good. Them had the same great taste as Diablo Four. I really like that game a lot. Yeah, John, do you? Concur? I think every, everyone. Well, just let me, I gotta say it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're probably talking about it a lot, but everyone saying like having criticism of this game, they're just trying to like win points and earn revenue on the internet. This is a solid, solid release yeah it's really good it's very deserving of just being absolutely unbridled liking Anyways, yeah sorry john i interrupted no that. john would john would you do you agree do you uh where do you stand after you know no, two yeah, strong putting weekends. it down was super easy really an inconvenience like i have no, no problem whatsoever i went and played resident evil 4 yeah, and yeah. uh had a phenomenal time and went oh yeah i guess that beta is over yeah, all right yeah you're, you're, I go, I'll see you again in June. Yeah, you're comfortable. You're okay. I feel like I, I had a problem. I feel like Bo really had a problem about letting it go. I mean, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I liked, I really liked Diablo 4. 
Yeah. I really liked really it good. too. Like that's not uh, people might read into that and go, John doesn't like Diablo Four. Had a great time, but there's a lot of great games out there, and it went away. And I went and played another great game. Oh, a early preview. A preview. I mean, I'll probably review. have that. War Tales April twelfth for me. Oh so. right, that dropped this week. The news that that was getting a release date. That's cool. Looking forward to that. April twelfth oh, feels like forever. It's only two a weeks. week or two. Yeah. Two weeks. But yeah, what can you do? <laughs> I got. I filled the holes as best I could with various games. One I think that's quite good that I'll play a bit more, which is Dark Tide. Oh, I like Dark Tide. Dark Tide's back, yeah, baby. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, but the game that Bo liked anyway, no matter what, it's back. The, the game that we all said we were going to play, and I'm the only one that ended up playing it. I need to play <laughs> it. I want to. I guess you know what? Today, when we get to that part of the show, you will you will be instrumental in whether I pick it up again now or later. Okay. Because oh, really, we'll chat about it. Cause my whole thing, my anyone. my whole thing has just been, well, can can we get it to the shape it needs to be in, and then I'll go nuts with it. But maybe mm-hmm. that's already there, and I just don't know it. I, you know, I don't know. So we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Uh, before we do all of that, though, let's sit back and enjoy this. The demise of the Electronic Gaming Expo. Sorry, Electronic Entertainment Expo. <laughs> it's not EG3. It's E3. Yep. Uh, yeah, E3. Okay, so we were going to talk about this tonight, but in the context of, oh, two more companies pulled out. Oh, another company pulled out because at this point they hadn't canceled and everybody was pulling out. Ubisoft was a big uh, news drop earlier in the week. Tencent, Sega, that happened yesterday or maybe earlier today. Uh, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo were already out. And it was starting to look like, I keep using this joke, but it was starting to look like this thing was going to be one NFT booth, a ball pit, and an outbreak of COVID. That was going to be E3. And now it's not happening at all. Today, uh, they announced it's canceled and probably dead. Yeah, um, realistically. Technically for the second time. Just kidding. But but like, you know, this feeling, and well, yes, technically for the second time, and they haven't had a physical uh, event since 2019, right? I think. But even then, we've been talking about this for 20 years, it feels like. Not 20, maybe 15 years that E3 is losing ground to, to fan events or it doesn't understand what uh, whether it should be a fan event or just a press event or an industry event. Or even if it is just one of those things, it's not doing it as well as it could. GDC and Dice run circles around it in terms of that side of it. So what are they? Meanwhile, everybody else is just kind of doing their thing. PAX is doing their thing. And E, what's the other one? EC, ECG, whatever it is. The other big one. They're doing their thing. And then E3's like, wait, we're still relevant. And now they're not at all. This is going away. We're not doing E3 coverage this year. I'm a little yeah. sad. I'm not saying this doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying that this is where we're headed and we could all see this coming down Main Street. That's all true, but I'm a little sad because it still holds this place of like, ah, remember E3s where they got up and did all the huge announcements and stuff you never heard of before and and all of that. So um, I personally, I'm a little bummed. Johnny, how are you feeling about E3 going away? I mean, it feels like, you know, when you have a friend come up to you and they're like, hey, you know, my uh, my grandfather passed away you're like oh i'm sorry to hear that uh how old were they and they were 107 had an excellent (laughs) life uh beloved by their friends and family and uh you know just went peacefully in their sleep and you're like you know they're sad and it's sad for them but 
it's like kind of the natural course we were on and you're so you're just sort of like yep mm-hmm, yep that's rough yep. um that's kind of how i feel about it like i miss the fact that we like covering it as a big like chunk where it was like we know for these couple of days we're gonna cover nothing but video games and we're gonna talk over these press conferences and patrick's gonna get mad at me because i just want to make jokes <laughs> and like i miss that yeah and it is certainly messier now that E3 is gone and it's not there. But at the same time, like this feels inevitable. Yeah. Like it, it's shocking that it took this long. It's shocking that it came back and it's shocking that it took this long for it to go again. Like it sort of feels like somebody just telling you inevitable news. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, it ran its course. It was clearly no longer relevant. Yeah, there was a feeling for a long time now that at least I had this feeling that they were weren't budging on what they wanted to try to be and what they were trying to be was old school pre-internet or early internet sort of event space. They were trying to stay, you know, they're trying to be CES for games, which is what they that's why they were created. CES used to be the place that games were showcased and then E3 happens and they say, "All right, we got our own place now. This is us. It's the 90s. Let's go." 95, I think, was the first year. And uh, they just wanted to be that and never move from that. And everything else changed. Like the rest of the world. And I don't just mean pandemic time. That was an accelerant. But it was already happening. You know, Nintendo, if anything, are the most prophetic of uh, the big gaming juggernauts because they're the ones that for a few years went, hey, what if we did these directs? What if that's all we did? And we didn't really have booths anymore. And we didn't have keynotes anymore. What if we just talked directly to our fans because that's what this, this internet has turned into. And they were da- they were dead right to do that. I don't know how many years yeah. it's been, but it's been quite a bit. And everybody else has now followed suit. Sony and Microsoft do it as well. And like the, sat, the chat just said, I, I actually prefer the separateness of it um, less than the chaos of here's the whole weekend, try to try to eat it all. Here's everything, eat it sort of feeling right. of it all. And so from someone who covers it, there's that aspect to it. Um, but it is an institution going away. Uh, Bo, do you, are you going to miss your, yeah, so uh, hang on. Is it, is it going away permanently or is it just canceled this year? So they, 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 they have not used the language of permanence, but I can't see how it's any other way. They're not even doing digital this year. Like they're just straight up not doing it. And prior to this, it was supposed to be a full physical and digital event this year. If they, if, yeah. I assume that they would as a company or as an organization never say never, but I don't see how you it come do, back for it this. It doesn't seem relevant. I guess you're like, do people want to show up in person? Like, do we care that other people get to show up in person and see all the cool stuff and report back? Like when you can just blast it on YouTube? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you, if you, yeah. if, if the three of us were going to go to E3 and hang out, that sounds like a blast. That sounds like fun. We get press yeah. passes. We go to all the... Uh, appointments and booths and stuff that we want to go to and we'd have a great time that's and we like, cover it. That's community event. Like that thing right. is primarily for industry, right? It's not people like, cause BlizzCon's still worth having cause friends made around the world meet. I think that's why BlizzCon was successful. It wasn't because it was a great marketing thing. It's cause from my, based on my experience, I look forward to it to see friends that right. are miles away. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's benefit one, not, seeing the blizzard stuff necessarily that's why that's why things like packs are big because a community is the main focus and people hanging out and playing the games it's not a press industry event whereas e3 is like well no this is where walmart 
executives meet with executives at Sony and determine this year's buy plan for what they want to do for PlayStation because that is how it used to work. And then also press would come and then press was, that was our interface. That's how we learned what was going on because the press was allowed there and the public wasn't. And then when they started finally kind of having the idea of maybe some of this should be public, they did a terrible job at it and nobody really cared about it and didn't go that much yet. These other cons and these other events were thriving. So I don't know. They also kind of developed a, a bit of a, a bit of a bad reputation sort of tangentially hmm. of being a place where developers brought stuff that was not fully, you know, the Anthem debacle being, I think one of the last ones. Oh, right. Yeah. They make a trailer and have no game, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, because they want to, the PR people, the stock shareholder people, executive want to have some sizzle by a certain people date. to make things, yeah. to make their shareholders excited, to make people excited, but actually not have anything, you know, at the cost of the actual game quality at the end of the day of their products. Yeah. So. Cause you're, you're not only are, are you, you're feeling like you're on the spot for the event so that whether you're Sony or Microsoft, Nintendo, whoever you had to have a thing that brought the show down, right? Like the big moment. So you had to sometimes yeah. artificially create those EA is famous for doing that, but also you spent so much money on exhibiting there. Like many, yeah. many millions of dollars just to have a presence. And at some point, I think Nintendo, you know, obviously they were first doing this, but I think they just looked at the numbers and says, what are we actually getting out of that? Like compared to us just talking directly to our fans. And I think they, they've saved themselves millions, perhaps a billion a year in marketing funds and instead use that in more targeted ways that, that sell more games. So. I don't and know. as much as people get mad at Nintendo for, well, why did you say you were going to make a new Metroid Prime and then we haven't seen a new Metroid Prime? Um, you know, not having that artificial timeline that you have to hit, like we have to have something to show by this date, does incentivize them to not invent demos quite to the degree. I mean, uh, the the thing you hear from game companies all the time is well, just about any demo has to be somewhat artificial because it's not like it's not like game development is like well, we've got chapter one completely done and ready to go. It's just the remaining chapters we're working on, so we can show chapter one. Like it kind of all comes together at the end. It's not done in segments, um, so kind of any demo is a bit artificial, mm. but it avoids the uh, kind of what Bo was talking about where you know, you hear the behind the scenes of Anthem and they're like, yeah, we didn't even know what that game was going to be. We just put something together that worked in this way. And we were like, well, this is what we're going to try and do, but we got to show it at E3. Yeah. Yeah. Tears of the Valheim like took a long time, right? Like that, how how long ago was, um, breath of the wild released 2017. It was a launch title for the, for this switch. 2023. So it's five years. Yeah. Well, fall of that year. So, uh, but they were never beholden to a date, even though they said stuff and had some teaser stuff. It's been a really long time. The game's been at six years is a long time. Yeah. You know, you're not going to wait six years for a Call of Duty or for no. an EA game, right? No. So that's actually like pretty impressive. Um, I call it Tears of the Valheim. I don't know if we have that in our news. But <laughs> Tears of the Valheim. <laughs> it, it was like you chop trees down, assemble things, and have a boat. I'm like, this is, this is Valheim. A little bit. It anyway. is. Uh, we do have it later. And but To its credit, I'm like, oh, that actually piqued my interest. I was like, Valheim's awesome. Yeah, plus this fusing of weapons thing may solve at least a little of my issues. with. Yeah, you'll break weapons twice as fast by yeah. fusing two weapons together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't remind me. I put me. this I've sword been... with this crossbow together, and oh, they're... 
<laughs> my inventory is empty. I've been grumpy about this all week because I'm trying to come to grips. I've been with getting it. a lot of shit. I'm, let me tell you, I was the only one defending it for the longest time on the show until I really started playing it and saw yeah. how sucky it felt. <laughs> oh man! Well, that won't do anything to kick dirt up. It'll be fine. Well, what I mean, I to each your own. Is... I'm glad you like it. I, I'm happy for the people who like it. Yeah, I just I don't. <laughs> but that's the thing is like if Scott says you know hey guys I don't like horror games I, I mean this is a bad example because people push horror games on Scott all the time because he screams and yeah. it's really entertaining yeah. but like in general you know you're somebody that isn't Scott that screams at everything <laughs> um, if somebody says I just don't like horror games you don't go well no but you have to like Resident Evil yeah. You don't you don't turn around and say like no you have to like this game but for some reason you say I don't like when weapons break in video games and people are like you're missing the point just play the game yeah. you have to play this it's like well no it has a there's an element intrinsic to it that I don't like in video games why do you want to push this on me I I'm not could've... going to like it I'm not gonna play it and go oh you know what it was really like. This is just amazing. Once I started playing it, it turns out this thing I hate, I actually love all right, along. Right. Like, it's just they, fine. It's yeah. just they fine. Have, they could have solved it uh, by just instead of breaking, giving it a damage state. So it does like half damage. Like, so you want to replace it, it's damaged. Mm-hmm. You don't lose it. I just don't like losing the item. Like, especially you know, mid fight when you're just like, Ugh, yeah, really? it's just annoying. <laughs> it's like, okay. That's why I don't like it. And there's just the thing: other in other every other way, that game is one of the greatest, if not would have been, the greatest video game ever made in my estimation. Had they not added right. that, now I know that there are a ton of people who love it. The people in the chat right now were like, I liked it. They break again. To John's point, it's not a problem. I'm glad that it's they. I'm glad that's in there for you. It's just not a Zelda experience for me, and it bums me out. And so to hear this new one's not going, you know, they're still going to break, but maybe they're going to help me feel a little better about it because I can tie the stick to a rock, and now I have a huge hammer that lasts a little longer or something. You know, maybe that'll help anyway, me. I didn't mean to derail it too hard, but the example, the conversation that is, the example is that the sequel is super hyped. Took six years. Huge. No EA being like, oh, this year we have to bring a release date. Nintendo just kind of like doesn't care about your feeling. (laughs) On the the (laughs) insane stuff that they're adding to it. You know, it's not like a sequel in the context of, you know, you waited six years for them to go, yeah, more Zelda, man. Yeah. Like they you you do sit there and wonder until they show it like what's taking so long with this and then they show it and you go, "Oh my gosh. What the hell are they doing? This is crazy. This yeah. is the craziest thing I've ever seen." Like I I watched that and my mouth fell open at points because I was just like can be in a video game yeah this isn't this is insane it's like, pretty they're doing some crazy stuff in that game what it feels like to me is that they spent a lot of time watching uh six years of videos of people doing really wacky creative stuff with the tool set in the game to launch a boulder ac- across the world or to fly link from one mountain to another or some of these weird physics experiments that the game will let you do if you know how to tap into it and it feels like they went, you know what? The next game's going to have like that kind of crap just built in. We're just going to make crazy ways to to build stuff, make stuff, uh, create insane scenarios where, you know, people are going to sandbox and that stuff more than they're going to play it half the time. And I feel like that's what they're aiming for. 
and it looks great. Well, it, it really it, it looks also cool. shows really listening to what your fans liked about your game, right? Like people say, I really liked the sandbox open world. Yeah. So what are they doubling down on this? Yeah. The sandbox open world. Sure. Like it is the exact opposite of Red Faction Guerrilla, where it's like, what's the best part of Red Faction Guerrilla? Destroying things. So what do we do for the sequel? We put things oh. back together. <laughs> it was the most bizarre, like disconnect I've ever seen. This is the exact opposite. This is listening to you people and going, OK, we'll give you more of the thing you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. It has me. It has me a little bit jazzed. So that's why I've been wrestling with it. It's like. That looks crazy, but also you're leaving in that thing I hate. But maybe it's crazy yeah. enough that it'll be fine. I can live with it. And I could have lived with it. It's not like I'm a big baby here. I know that this is possible. People beat that game multiple times through. My daughter played it four times through, top to bottom, completed it four separate times, like some kind of psycho. She's fine with the breaking weapons. Although she told me, because uh, after that she played um, uh, Phoenix Rising, and she goes, oh, dad, I like it so much better when the weapons don't break. That was the first thing she said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, if you like something a lot, you're willing to forgive it or make concessions, right? You're yeah. willing to go, well, well, this blemish really actually makes it adorable. But really, like, it's the reverse of what most games did, I think, is the most egregious thing, which yeah. is like, wow, got rid of ammo. Yeah. Overwatch got rid of clips. Like, there's a lot of, like, tedium that we're like, we get it. It's real. It doesn't need games. Don't need to be realistic in every single vector of its simulation. Right. And then, you know, instead of, and Zelda has ammo. They're like, let's double down and make everything ammo. <laughs> Basically <laughs> like that's, that's what it feels like, you know? And it's like, I get it, you know, and, uh, but having played it, I'm like, I don't really find it adds. I think the world's just as magical with or without breaking weapons. Basically. I don't, I, I fail to see what it adds. Um, cause you can still tear. See, this is my chief complaint. Everyone always says, well, no, it adds to the game for whatever their argument is. But I always say it's, you still have a tiered weapon system that would work. Even if none of them broke, you start with sticks, you move on to skeleton arms, you move on to actual swords and pole arms and things that are kind of crappy, but they work. And eventually, you know, master sword comes your way or even better weapons down the road, whatever. There's a, there's a progression to the weapon acquirement in that Mm. game. That is enough. That's enough to to make me want to get the next best weapon, not worry about whether it's going to bust after three hits. I just want the next best yeah. weapon. And three hits is a really low clip size too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's well, 10, like it should work on like, you should be able to kill like at least 10 mobs minimum with any item. You know what I mean? Like 10, 20, like. Yeah. But yes, I would pick up a stick and it would break after two guys. And I'm like. Even the sticks in Valheim last longer than that, you know, and you could repair everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I, just, I think it, one of the, the strengths to these types of games, though, is the idea that like survival is initially hard and you, you're overcoming it. And like you can take that same logic to the weapons, right? Like, oh, man, all I had was a stick and it broke. And, you know, it, it was so hard back in the day. But now I got this good weapon and it does things. And it, I think that for me personally, um Weapons breaking is okay as long as you have something that you can work towards that circumvents it eventually. Like, and and the fact that they didn't put that in the game, because it's like you have the grip meter, right? Like mm-hmm. you can climb for a very little bit 
and then you fall off because you're going to lose your grip or you right. get stuck on the side of a mountain because right. it rained or something. But you have ways to eventually circumvent that tools in the game that allow you to grip longer um, things that allow you to do things that were impossible to do. And that's what kind of incentivizes that power progression in the world. You're better at it because you got new stuff that lets you get over these hurdles. And I just feel like the only thing that Zelda was really missing to me was something at the end, and it didn't, you know, again, you put it at the end, um, that circumvents the weapon breaking. And if I had had that to work towards, I wouldn't have minded having a bunch of sticks at the beginning, because I knew I was working towards something. Right. Yeah. And you knew you were working towards something. People are saying you're explaining the Master Sword. It it still breaks. You have to go recharge it. It still breaks. And that's 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 what I was going to say. If you're working toward the Master Sword, you're working toward a thing that perpetually breaks. Like, I'm not saying it had to be perfect, but I just think there's a balance there that didn't quite hit. That's all. And everybody, yeah. you know, everybody who, again, we're not, I'm not dogpiling people who don't, who love, love that system. For me, it just, it, 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 it helped derail what was otherwise a near perfect ex- experience in terms of what else it was trying to do. And um, we'll see if this sequel is just a better balance of that. And that stuff just is less of an issue or less of a, I don't know, a sticking point or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm none. Yeah, the, I mean, maybe, that trailer, maybe it, there's better stuff to look forward to. Who knows? You, every game should be judged on its merit, I guess. So if this is a different release, even if the weapons break, maybe it's, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll build, build, maybe you'll just be able to build your own raft that you can swing at people and you won't need weapons. Who knows? Well, <laughs> just fuse that, yeah. that broken sword to a rock and you'll have a rock sword. There you got or it. you can fuse a, you can fuse a meat to a wheel and just run over people with a meat wheel meat wheel oh yeah yeah i like that take that valheim back to the drawing board valheim get your next by forget about the next biome get your meat on a wheel you jerks anyway uh we'll see what happens that thing's coming out in june 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 may sorry may (laughs) may 12th (laughs) Just keep yelling months at it. Yeah, It'll come keep, out. If you keep saying June, eventually May will come out. Uh, all right. And no E3. E3's dead. Um, rip, rip, rip E3. Yeah. <laughs> rip E3, everybody. I mean, maybe. Next year, we'll see what they say. But I don't think you're... I think you got a marketing problem now, too. Because even if you came back next year with a... You got a whole new plan, a bunch of money infused, all that. Yeah, but then everyone's like, I could spend millions or just post to YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this conversation perfectly exemplifies why E3 going away was inevitable. We mm. tried talking about it and we ended up just talking about other video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fair That's point. A point. Yeah, fair point. I think that says it all right there. All That's right. their level of interest. Here's more to say. This is a Patreon question from Levi Myers in our Patreon. Uh, Nice, Levi. What's up, son? Yeah, right? (laughs) He says this. Do you guys foresee a world where MMO-style instance gaming enters another space? One of my favorite things about MMOs uh, is the 10 to 15 player content. I was also wondering why other games have not attempted it. Thanks, guys. So think of what he means, um, unless I'm misunderstanding it. It's like we have lots of four-player shooter looters. Um, or looter shooters. We have a lot of games. Shooter looters. Shooter looters. <laughs> we have a lot of games that are full blown MMOs where it's giant content for tons of people. But the the ten to fifteen player experience has never really translated out to something else, other than I, I guess you could say Fortnite is that. Or it's bigger scale. It's hundred people, but. 10 or 15 years. But it's not cooperative in general. Yeah. I mean, you you're up, you're, you're still, you still have teams of four, essentially. Right. 
that's that's raids. He's talking. That's raid. Ten to fifty player content is raid. Like what else is there? Right, and the closest PvP, to that is what like, uh, Destiny or something. Is a is a cooperative? Yeah, raid but experience. even Destiny, I think, is like four person. How oh. big are their raids? I thought their I don't raids know. were still like fairly small. I think it's it been a long time small. since I thought I, I about don't, Destiny I can't speak raids. to Destiny, yeah. but like I think you, what the thing the thing you need to understand about it is like there are just overall less MMOs. Like MMOs were the trend to chase uh, when World of Warcraft found the money hose and sprayed itself in the face for decades <laughs> with it. Yeah. And everyone, you know, it's, it's like everyone was starting a MOBA and then everyone's got a TCG and now everyone's got a four person. You know, I think the reason you're just seeing less of it is because while there's a lot of content like that, very few games have mastered it and mastered the finance side, right? We had lots of MMOs come and go. Uh, yeah. Even, I think, Scott, you are posting about Wildstar recently. Yeah. You know, like... Missed that game. It, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a, I think that's a tough... That's a tough... Um, Do you think part of it is just game. like... Um, so, confirmed... You can't just be like, oh, let me make an MMO. <laughs> yeah. So, it's six players for a, raiding, a raid in Destiny. So, you're totally right, John. It's much smaller. I think I, and I think that, that that may be part of the problem a game that relies on your constant access to it and people playing it all the time, but then requires you to always be making sure 15 people are there in your group. Yeah. It, it, like barrier to entry is, is huge. I mean, yeah. we're victims of it with this show. Um, we all raided together in world of Warcraft yeah. and uh, we played wow together and you know what wound up happening a lot of times we wouldn't have the full comp needed for a raid or the raid would wrap early because we got stuck on a boss mm-hmm. and people would say, okay, well, what do we want to do? Do we want to run dungeons? Do we want to do this? How do we divide the party? And the three of us would go, you know what? All we need is the three of us and some friends that we will definitely find and we can go play Heroes of the Storm mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, like we don't right have now. to make sure they're the right level. We don't have to make sure that they're playing the right class. We don't have to make sure this and that. Like you get 10 to 15 people, you've got 10 to 15 points of yeah. failure for you not getting to run the when content I, you want. I rated yeah. with you guys. Tetsemi made me fill out a spreadsheet. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> that's true. And there was some notes in there about make sure you have this and that and this and that. And I was like, okay. Oh, that's, that's right. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's a lifestyle, and I just think games have caught up. There was an era where MMOs were like what VR is now. Like a lot of there were a lot of gamers at that point, but MMO gamers, it'll take your life away. Like it's a it was a level of commitment in gaming that was not common just to play online. Yeah, and to be like. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have raid. They're like, you're scheduling nights for a video yeah, game, man. right? Like yeah. that. Now it's like, oh, that's pretty normal. Scheduling online is normal. Scheduling something for online is pretty, pretty common. Pretty even normal. Work. Yeah. At They're, the time, it was like those people like are throwing away their lives playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's how outsiders would view it as, and it's it, it kind of echoes a little bit the VR thing, right? It's like it's a weird thing. You're all alone by yourself. Why would you do that? Mm. But like, it's it's um. That's what that is. And I just don't think, I think if you make a mobile game that's easier to get into, you kind of look at, well, here's all the, now you look at it and you're like, well, MMOs take all this work. Or like John said, Heroes of the Storm is just, I'll log in and see who's there and have a good time. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, or if Call we of Duty wanted or to, yeah. so I think that's what it is. Yeah. If we suddenly felt the urge and we were like, hey, hey, what if we did World of Warcraft dungeons? We really like that. How much work would we have to go through? We would have to be throwing money and we would have hours and days of planning and have to pull in additional people. 
if I was just like, hey, you guys, we have to give Fortnite a try because reasons, and I convinced you, we'd go play Fortnite right now. Mm-hmm. It would take you guys installing the game. Yeah. And you know what? We'd probably be up against bots, and we'd win the shit out of our first couple matches, and it would be great. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it takes nothing to get In into In that era, games. I'd have to go to the computer store and buy Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> like, you had to install Not everything was downloadable in that way or purchasable online. Well, that's, I had to get the disc that, that's true. But even look at look at the trajectory that WoW took. We keep we use this as an example of how it used to be, but it is also an example of how it is, and how it is now is a game that has evolved to not have forty man raids, except in classic. They they cut that way down. Twenty five is now the the cap, and even in those cases, if you can't fill it, the game scales to the volume of people you have. So the difficulty will drop if you have ten or ten or or more than 10, but at some point, if you have less than whatever the minimum is, then you just can't raid. But they've tried to make that possible and also cross-server stuff. And there aren't enough people on our server, so they fix that by having other servers connect and you being able to now pull in like Horde and Alliance people into the same damn raid. Um, They do that. These are all methods to keep that wheel rolling. Um, I think of everything in terms of, of Dyson Sphere program now, it reminds me of getting all bunged up with a process in your in your factory. Oh, you've, where got, you've got logistics brain going. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, this thing's not pumping out enough red cubes. What have I done? Well, it's because you've made it you've you've made it impossible for it to to go at the speed as uh, that you have your ingot speed happening at or whatever. So you got to like rethink the way. And that's what WoW had to do. Blizzard had to figure out a way to do it. And that's how players play that game now. So. I'm not surprised. Here's here's what I think the future of this is. The multiplayer co-op part of it will always exist, but it'll always be kind of optional. There will always these games will always be single player friendly, and that's another innovation of WoW, I think in its early days. Name another MMO you could just play on your own. They didn't exist back then. Um they all required people to be together. And while I was like, you know what? You can quest on your own. All your classes can do it. No problem. See you later. Have a fun single player experience. You can also do multiplayer, but you know, we want as many people in our game as possible. I think that that will always be paramount for these games. And the cool idea of 10 of you coordinating and working together, it's awesome idea. There's just, John's right. Too many points of failure, 10 points of failure where somebody yeah. can't and come. You're, you're a good group. Like there's right. also people who can, who would never surface in polite company <laughs> trying to organize other assholes on the internet to run these groups, you know, yeah, it's hard there's drama. And there's like, you know, it's just like, it's, it's not, that's the best case scenario rating with the, uh, uh, AIE. Sure. A good group like that. Imagine we got it's, 10 people and Bo, and Bo says my internet's out tonight. I can't play. So we have nine people that now that can't do it without a 10th. And it's not like we have people who are benched waiting to be called up. It's not like we have somebody who's like not going to do anything that night, but are home and waiting just in case that John, the raid leader is going to call him and say, Bo's out. Can you, can you come take a spot? Like that doesn't it's exist. your turn, oh, I, Timmy. I, You're at the I, bat now. Actually, I was an alternate in the guild for a little while. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. When you sign up for raid and you get put on the wait list. Yeah, see, that does suck. It's not fun. And you're fun. hanging out questing, and then you're like, yeah, there's you know, no room. And I'm like, okay. That's not fun, is it? It's fun if you're in the NFL and you're getting paid $9 million just to sit there. Well, yeah. and, and that's the thing is like, wow, in its current state, they have flex rating. You can go in with, you know, weird numbers of people now, and it will adapt to you. It's, it's 
the easiest, most accessible it's ever been. And still, if we wanted to get into it, we are talking days of prep and coordination and working with other people to make it happen. Yeah. Like it's not. And again, you compare it to a game like Fortnite, or we can just go play the game right now. Right. No, you're right. Which is why it was controversial at the time, but LFG, uh, no, LFR was something that was added to the game in, I want to say, Cataclysm. And it made it so people could queue up and just be put with random people. And the game kind of ran on a very big, easy 25-man raid mode, but you're all with strangers. And you got whatever baseline gear there there was. And I think it's kind of a genius move because how else were you going to get people to play that content that you spent a ton of money and time working on if only a very small percentage of your player base cares about it enough to organize into these groups. Um, and even then they'd have their own problems like Bo was saying. So yeah, it's just, I just think it's untenable as a, as yeah, a key aspect. I think, aspect I think Diablo four is a good thing to look at as an example of what to expect in the coming years, which is that's an MMO. Um, I thought I was having a good think about it this week. It's, it's to me like the character creator is what, I would have looked at for world of Warcraft two to have in terms of fidelity, Yeah, obviously more races, but if that were just the humans, if you had all those body shapes, that was the humans, you know, I would expect an MMO released in 2023 to look that good. Yeah. And I would expect this game to look that good, but you see that the scope is definitely reduced from something as big as world of Warcraft. Right. You right. think you increase the fidelity, you lower the, the real estate, including groups, group size, but it does have world bosses, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not inconceivable that they could do ten man content in Diablo Four. It's yeah. not impossible. Yeah, and uh, and so, yeah. like if they have world bosses, I mean, you, that's twenty five. Uh, you right? just put John's yeah. favorite thing in trash, <laughs> <laughs> which is Diablo is basically a oh, trash. Like it's all. I mean, it's th- it's that, but actually maybe more fun because you're working on your yeah. builds and trash stuff. Trash is but, fun. Yeah, but you know you could like you could do that. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they will. But to me, the scale of out of any company, Blizzard's willing to solve those problems of how do we balance ten people all in one place to do something, right? Yeah. They're willing to take that on. There's a ton of companies that are like, that sounds very expensive, and we could do less. Why don't we do that? Well, so, I, will, I will say my favorite um, time in World of Warcraft was ten man content. If you're asking me, what my favorite rating era was it was Lich yeah. King, and when they when they gave us ten man rating in Lich King played the shit out of that i love oh, it. no it's great i just yeah. think if blizzard i don't know what the other companies like i know there's guild wars and there's mmos out there but i just wonder i guess my comment is more it might be an era that ends yeah this idea that any company is willing to to do that i don't know you know what i mean as mm-hmm. a hobby like sure the ones that are there are all doing fine with what they got <clears throat> the question is if you're sitting down today and you're like guys we're going to design the next big game as a service and it's a fantasy game, and it's uh, an RPG, it's progression, it's all this. Your design document, I don't think, looks like EverQuest or WoW. I think it's a totally yeah, different animal. 25 now. people together doing a giant raid. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like we're going to have to p- pay for a lot of server equipment or something, you know, like figure all that <laughs> stuff out. Yeah. Hire 10,000 balances, you know. There is something designers. prestige about that feeling of, I mean, it's, it's kind of the reason why you like... Um, planet side so much was the scale of it right Right. like there's something to be said about scale in in games whether that's no question that it's a ton of people down but 
there's just there's a lot of logistics to it and you know i i think some companies have found really good ways to do it um but even you know like i think final fantasy 14 does it great but even then if i said you guys we need to get into rating on final fantasy that's hours of work and still some logistics less but still some well that's because those are your whales in that game right you need you have to help those people even though they may represent a small percentage they're a big part of what makes an mmo sustain itself as you've got to keep those hardcore players really happy and if i'm sure if you broke the percentages down let's say in final fantasy but i think it's probably true of wow or anything else if you broke down the percentage of player types you've got a huge group that are kind of just middling and doing everything they, they can do on their own or with a couple of friends and then there's probably, I don't know what the percentage is. It's probably 10%. Maybe it's higher in Final Fantasy. I don't know. but It probably is higher in Final Fantasy for reasons about how it works, but right. it's still not 100. Like right. It's right. still fewer players yeah. across the board. I think that still takes passionate talent to work on those kinds of scale games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know even Planetside 2, because you brought that up, um, they had to leave Sony to get that done. You know, yeah. they had to like, Go independent, seek investment funding, get that done. So I don't, there was absolutely no appetite where they were a Sony studio to do that. Yeah. Sony's kind of out of that space now, right? They don't do any, the SC. Well, Sony Online left, right? So it was yeah. Daybreak, they turned into Daybreak games. I guess they bought themselves out or something. I right. can't remember what Smedley did, but. So I don't think Sony has, like, that used to be like their PC arm, and now they don't really have that. Yeah, like Sony, like if people forget Sony Online was EverQuest and Planetside. And I mean, I don't know the entire history, so maybe at some point, but there was a point in history where Sony Online Entertainment was a branch of Sony that did MMOs. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot like, of them. It, it's like, it wasn't just games, they only did online games during the era of modems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a whole arm of Sony, you mm-hmm. know, they, they actually had a really, you know, with that studio. A very deep credibility in PC gaming. In fact, yeah, listen to what uh, they had. What was that one before um, DayZ? Uh, there was that other game that there was a real big hit for them. What, the zombie one. Oh, before Night Daisy? For Life. Oh, before no, around no. DayZ, they had a big hit for a little uh, while. HZ or H1Z1. H1Z1. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So here are their games. This is actually a pretty good list. EverQuest, EverQuest Two, Matrix Online. Rest in peace. Yeah, uh, Matrix. I love Matrix Online. Yeah, Planet Side, Star Wars Galaxies, Clone Wars Adventures, Free Realms, Vanguard Saga of Heroes, DC Universe Online. That's still going. Planet Side 2, H1Z1 Just Survive, and H1Z1 King of the Kill. And recently, oh, they also now have Dungeons & Dragons Online, Magic the Gathering Online, and Lord of the Rings Online. That may have been a post-Sony thing, but those three. But yeah, Daybreak is still... There was an era when that was Sony Online Entertainment for like... yeah. Long time. Like the year 2000 to like the year 2015 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. 20. Uh, let's see. They acquired. Um, this started. Okay. 95 is where they acquired it. 96. They had somebody put in charge. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. So late 90s. And then. Oh, wow. Founded December 1st, or 17th, 1997. So 25 years ago. Basically my daughter's age. And then. Where did they get rid of it? Oh, t- two f- 2015. I right, nailed it. Yeah, good <laughs> right job. To the year. Nice. Yeah, because yeah, it was around the time. I think Planetside 2 launched first, but they left and Smedley made I remember Smedley made a video where he's like, we're going to have big carry. He had all these like crazy plans for Planetside 2 that are not in the game. They're not there. Sad, but, uh, that's yeah. a bummer. 
I guess they that's also, because yeah. they, they went to some investors and were like, we want to put crazy ass carriers in this game. It's going to, we need about 5 million. And everyone's like, yeah, we'll just keep our five million, <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, it's hard to make uh, large scale content. I think it's a big hassle. The return, the return on investment, is probably much lower unless you are a hit, which is like kind of all of gaming, but I just think MMOs are too risky unless you're the one with the money hose at that given day. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. They like, I don't think we get a world of Warcraft too. I think even blizzard thinks making world of Warcraft two is a big risk. Oh, I guarantee it. I think the reason think Titan, that's why Diablo is what it is. It's kind of a, to me, Diablo is like a midway point between a single game release and an MMO yeah. offering. Cause I agree. you know, yeah, I agree. Well, we'll see how that all plays out come June, but um, enjoy your new MMO uh, addiction, Diablo 4. <laughs> Hang on, I have a question. Go. If an <laughs> online World of Warcraft offering... Sorry, I'm eating pepperoni. Oh, is, oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, that he is a pregnant pause. He only does it during the pre-show, but now they know. Now they know, uh, yeah. <laughs> if there was a second, like a World of Warcraft 2, maybe not called 2, but World of Warcraft colon something... That was a sequel online, just like the World of Warcraft you knew, yeah. but it was the scale and scope of Diablo 4, but had high fidelity, right? They're like, we can't make things as big as Azeroth. We can't do 10-person raids. You're going to get four-person dungeons. But it's still online, and you still do questing, but, but and the graphics are higher, but the amount of real estate and maybe content is contracted because of... You know what I mean? Like, if it looks like Diablo 4 a bit, not that that game's out, but I think we have a good sense of the what the scale of that thing's going to be. Yeah. Do you think that's better or worse? Oh man, I mean, I would play the shit out of it if that's what you're asking. But do I think it would it's be worse? good? I mean, we know Blizzard, does, you know, rarely misses. But um, would you still be happy with that in lieu of just full World of Warcraft? Do give me, give me like a gigantic sprawling MMO. See, that's a hard call. If they were, if they were like, that's too expensive. We're not going to hit big again like we did last time. We're just going to please. Our core audience, I mean, hit big. They still hit big. I mean, for them, yeah, right. Like yeah. they're they're you know, would you big. would you take an offering like, you know, what we think Diablo Four is going to be for a sequel? I mean, obviously, is yes. I guess just do you, are you happy with that? I am happy with it. Let's say WoW. Okay, in a world where WoW never happened, and we're still playing RTSs in Warcraft, and then they announced, hey, remember Diablo? So this, let's just change history. A uh, year after next year, it's like, hey, Diablo Four is a huge hit, and guess what? We're bringing we're bringing Warcraft to the to a to this same sort of thing. I mean, it would be a gigantic deal, and everybody would be stoked. The problem is, you have this nine thousand pound gorilla called WoW that already exists, and it's hard to picture just from okay, a marketing let's just say standpoint. Also, no more expansions. We're done with World of Warcraft. So it's done. It's now in maintenance mode. It just exists. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. World okay. of Warcraft's going into maintenance mode, and the new offering is World of Warcraft, um, you know, semi-world. <laughs> you know, like obviously something cool, but the, like the scope of it's narrower is what I'm trying to say. Like you get the launch title, let's say, is the size of an X-Pack and not a full I mean, MMO, okay, I'll you know say I mean? this. I would play it and would be interested in it, but I would be very wary of the the community is going to be one loud big pile of shit for the rest of right because everyone's going to be like back in my day world of warcraft was a whole world you yeah. know like are you like are you team like yeah they suck for doing that or are you like no no this is how gaming has changed so i accept it i think i would be 
a little more to the how, this is how gaming has changed and I accept it, but also I would base it on the merits of the actual game. Like the game would need to be good and and show me what it's got and be compelling and all of that before I could make any call on it. But I just know, given that we all we all have we all have bullhorns now, and everyone's going to say the stupidest shit in the shadow of that. It would just be so unbearable. Oh my gosh! That's what I'm asking you guys, and not them, though. You know, like John, what do you think? Yeah, I I mean, for me, I I think the thing it's easy for me to say because I've basically zero interest in World of Warcraft at this stage. So it kind of doesn't matter whether it's bigger in scope or smaller in scope. A new game is by default more interesting than this kind of known quantity that I'm sure. no longer interested in. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, to, to what Scott said, and I know you're trying to narrow it on to me, but like I read an article this week uh, about how the new resident evil is getting review bombed. And I was like, well, what is this? Is this because, you know, Louise doesn't comment on Ashley's boobs and now the Probably. don't go woke people are upset. <laughs> and I read it. And the funny thing is, is this article was like, we really don't know why it's getting review bombed because a lot of people are complaining that it is not faithful enough to the original game. And then a lot of people are complaining that it is too faithful to the original game. And I think that that is exactly what would happen if Blizzard tried to make a World of Warcraft 2. You would have a bunch of people that would be not my Azeroth, this isn't it. And you would have a bunch of people going, uh, you know, this is just, they're just milking this again. It's just Warcraft, more Warcraft. And I don't think people would find the happy medium that would need to be found for it. Um, but I do think, I think in a world where they say we're done with World of Warcraft, then I think the issue of scale becomes less important. Mm. Um it's still going to always live under the shadow of like, if you get into Warcraft two, right. And you go, well, there's no dungeon finder. Mm. Assuming that mechanically makes sense for that game. You Mm. immediately go, why are there features that were in world of Warcraft that don't exist in this game? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would say scaling back might be like, now there's no more horde and Alliance. Everyone's on the same team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, that's a that's the Instead future of, of MMOs. Cities, they make I think that's Im- yeah. I think that's important. I think that making two faction MMOs is a bad idea going forward. And I think if somebody goes, "Here's our new MMO," so we're going to be splitting you into factions, they are already behind the times. I think that is piss poor design. Made sense for WoW back in the day, doesn't make sense anymore. And I think WoW needs to get away from it. Yeah. And they they're trying. Kind of are. It seems yeah. like there's logistics to it because I'll tell you, I don't know this for a fact. Maybe Scott has an in and can find out. I for can me. find but out. Yeah. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I get the impression that they wanted to get rid of the faction separation like an expansion ago. Oh, I'm sure. Because I got an achievement telling me the war was over. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can put a title on my character that says veteran of the whatever war. They've said the the War of Warcraft is over. We're done. You're where we my yeah. It. You're where my head is too. I think when Battle for Azeroth was quote unquote going to end, I think it. I think that there were. I don't know this for sure, but I think there were designs internally to end it in a bigger way and say the faction war is ending. The Battle for Azeroth is over. We've all agreed we're living here together. 
and now we got to fight existential threats that have nothing to do with each other. I really think that that's what they were aiming for at some so point. The, the next one is going to be called the United Kingdoms of Azeroth yeah, or something like something that. that. And Bo, I, I like your idea. I that impression as I well. like your yeah. one big city. Let's call it Storm Grimar. I like that. <laughs> Ogre wind. Ogre wind. Oh, man, that's a stinky city. Ogre wind. The ogre wind. Yeah, but you know oh, what I mean? Lord. But like, instead of having huge continents of questing, you'd have really streamlined stuff, you know, like stuff people would complain about. But, you know, that's just sort of how I picture it to make sense for all the other fidelity to come into play because Diablo looks like that. I look at Diablo four and I'm like, well, they could have made it ten times bigger. Sure. Like, <laughs> look at that tiny not. that tiny little beta area though is kind of it's kind of impressive to know how much more of that game we have. There's going to be a lot of real estate, but I've some people's reaction to that map is that's it. You know, like so I'm like that's that's a lot. I mean, Seems you like know, this is not an MMO. This is eighty bucks and done. Right, but I'm a ton of that's not even represented there. A month, that's all know? just above ground of overworld anyway. Like, there's so much stuff that's hidden in that map, like underground everything, yeah, random. And there's going to be six stuff. acts, so there's a rumored hell map as well that's not showing on that map. Yeah, but. I mean, it's one of those things you can't. People aren't going to be able to get past their initial reaction. You look at something, and sometimes you go, "Oh, that doesn't look very good." And sometimes you get proven right, and sometimes you get proven wrong. But I think by the time we get done with Diablo Four, we're going to know whether that map is. Too big, too small, or just right. right. Yeah. I just think, you know, if I think, because I, I, I had that impression with Diablo 4, I'm like, this is like a spiritual successor, not in IP, but in game design mm. for what, what a future WoW could look like. It's the scale and scope of a WoW installment that isn't the MMO. You know, I just figured out a way to answer your question and do it properly. Screw World Warcraft's had its day. It's a still an MMO. Let it be its thing. It lives on forever, even in maintenance mode. Here's what you do. You make me one of these, but in the StarCraft universe. Now we're talking. Hell yes. <laughs> well, you know, look. Oh, my god! They gosh, were making dude. something like that, and it got canned. Mm. And if there's, you know. One day we're getting it. I'll be dead I, probably. I didn't but. see what it looked like. I don't know what the problems are, but I can tell you from where I'm my, sitting my fat ass, that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, throw, I, would, I bought StarCraft and StarCraft cartooned. I haven't touched them. I just bought them because they says wait. StarCraft and there's Starcraft a buy button. Cartooned. On there. All right. Is that what you call that remaster? Is StarCraft cartooned? Is that what that is? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, there's StarCraft remastered and there's StarCraft cartooned. I probably said it all messed up, but uh, <laughs> something like that. I love it. I, you know, a little while ago, I didn't really talk about it on the show because I don't say everything I do, especially when it comes to just blowing money and not getting any value out of it. Right. <laughs> He's but, not like know, me. He's not, not going to tell you all his bad financial decisions no. like well, I mean, Star Trek you know, online lifetime not that I'm most hiding it is I probably just forgot because but you know I took because I talk about my expenditures sure but I did buy Starcraft and Starcraft cartooned I haven't played them I don't know why just one day I was like I really like Starcraft maybe I'll play it and I'm like I give the money and I think a lot of people feel that way about Starcraft so why would you cancel it what it sounded awesome mm. You know, you know heaven forbid Blizzard tank their reputation at all by b- releasing a subpar game. Yeah. Games that can be canceled That's, can be uncanceled. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, give me StarCraft, please. I would t- look, I'd be I'd play a build of because uh, apparently that thing was just about done, but StarCraft Ghost was done and they canceled it. Well, let me play a build of that even if it looks like a GameCube well, game at this I don't point. think we want that anymore. That's like PlayStation early PlayStation era graphics yeah, stuff. But I want Yeah. I played original Resident Evil 4 this week for footage capture and 
You can't go back, you guys. Sometimes the, it's pretty sometimes ugly. I played, I played RE4 in VR and it was pretty bad there. Too, yeah, though. it's ugly. No question. Boy, that new intro looks nice, though. It's funny, though. You kind of still need to go. I, I would recommend this. If you're playing 4 and going, well, I'm not sure what's different visually. <laughs> go play it. Go play it. Yeah. Like, or just get a YouTube video Mostly or for the controls, because I think a lot of people assume that Resident Evil 4 is like, no, that's where they figured out the action game controls. It is not. It definitely became more of an action game. Mm-hmm. But did you know you can't use the right stick to turn mm-hmm. Leon? Nope. Mm-mm. You have to use the same stick you used to walk forward to turn Leon. He operates like a tank. He's a tank. Everyone thought, oh, four gets rid of tank controls. Nope, just a different mm-hmm. tank. It's just a different, yeah, it's a dressed up tank. It yeah, looks better. It's got better hair. It's a better looking tank. Was, well, yeah. The merits of four were not in the controls. They were in the ambition of the. Yeah, design. it broke ground. Very action-y and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good. I'm excited yeah. to talk about that one today because I, I have some thoughts thus far into that thing. Also about breaking weapons, but we'll we'll get to that. Uh, thank you for your question, <laughs> Levi. It definitely went places today, and we appreciate our patrons very much. Patreon.com slash core show if you are trying to be one of those people who put a question in there that we answer. All right? All right. Time to talk about the games we played this week. Uh, let's start with some shared gaming. Um, let's get Diablo 4 out of the way first. The uh, Yeah, let's see that. Second beta week. Uh, weekend concluded the final classes were available the necromancer and the druid and uh i had a very i'll, I'll tell you my experience because it's very brief i had planned on having like a hardcore weekend with diablo 4 i was like i'm gonna pick one of these new classes i'm gonna go nuts with it and really play it and have a bunch of time set aside for it and i ended up playing the druid for a little bit uh i like him okay i think he's a way underpowered right now though and just gets murdered a lot and it's just sort of slow and I don't know. I kind of have a problem with the Druid. I think he's rad looking and does cool stuff, but I think he he needs a balance pass a few times over. Um, but I didn't spend that much time with him. This feels like two in a way because this is how I was on two when he came out. I just was always underwhelmed with the Druid. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I should love him. Just not my thing, I guess. But the Necromancer? <sighs> I was in heaven. The minute I picked him up, the new Necromancer is awesome the uh the the aesthetic and tone of that necro is dead on for what it should be uh he's creepy as hell i like all his abilities my only complaint about the necro ever in all of these games is i think the corpses that get left for you to see on your screen are too big and obvious and i think it's just kind of cartoony and i wish they would st- scale that back i don't need a whole fat freaking cow torso for every tiny little skeleton I killed. I think they do that so they stand out during intense play oh i'm yeah, sure of it. i think I'm that's sure for I think that's for the get good crowd, Scott. Yeah. I just wish I could control it and say, can I have half that? Can I have just like a little gib down there? skeletons. Yeah, a little gib. Maybe that's a cosmetic. Maybe there'll be corpse cosmetics. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I mean, now that I say it, I'm like, that could be a cosmetic, actually. There's one... You wanted corpse or what? What did you want? Smaller ones? Smaller versions of those bloody torsos. <laughs> I just want whatever that can be. I don't know if they'll let me do it or not, but it's a small. They might let you make one. You're an artist. Maybe. maybe. You can yours make your own. Store. Sure. Oh, I'm sure Blizzard will get back to letting us make our own mods. That'd be, that'd be. Uh, well, not mods, but they have created like Hero Storm and stuff. You know, you're not nobody. You hosted the damn Warcraft Q&A. Oh, yeah. Call and be like, listen, I'm Scott Johnson. I want my corpse on your store. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work. It'll all work fine. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, uh, the necromancer feels amazing and looks incredible and plays just so well. So what I, what happened to me is I played that for about an hour and a half and went, what am I doing? I don't want to see anymore. I know what I want now. 
It will be right. my class at the day one will be the Necro. It'll all be all I care about for a real long time until I dabble with others. And I don't want to see any more. I've seen enough. This my beta ends here, I said, and I got yeah, out. Yeah, you broke my heart, Frodo, when you started talking that way. And I don't mean it as like I'm having a bad time. And not no, at all. No, I know and you don't opposite. mean it, but it's just it's just, you know, yeah, you got this early access, you have this rare privilege and other well, no, it's not a rare privilege. It was open know. beta. Everybody <laughs> had to go to KFC <laughs> and get it. I'm just I'm trying to be dramatic for the lulls a little bit, but nothing. Oh gonna, right, this is the open sense. one. Anybody could get it. Yeah, yeah. This open, yeah. Could, but still it's just it. you have the opportunity to play and you're like, you know, I'm good. And I'm like, oh I know, but, no, I'd look at wasn't play for two months, you better get it in one. It wasn't easy for me. I was actually just like, Can I can I just be happy knowing that this is this is exactly what I asked for. This cl- this class, the way it feels, everything about it, it's exactly what I asked for. And I don't want to eat too much of this beta because I want to see this stuff for the f- some of it. I want to see for the first time. I want to experience it all the way through. Like I just mm-hmm. I got out of the beta head and went. I'm not ba- I'm not testing anymore. I'm now waiting for this game to come in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the one there's one aspect in which you are wise in that you won't have to do double the altars of Lilith. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. You know, everyone's and a lot of the talk is like on every playthrough with every character. Do I have to tap all the towers of Lilith? Split <laughs> statues. I only want to do it once. Yeah, one time only, please. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I had a really great time with it. Bo, you probably spent the most time uh, in the second yeah, weekend. I played, how'd, how'd it go? Uh, I played Necro for to about level ten or twelve. I played uh, Druid up to about level twenty three. I couldn't make it the whole way. Yeah, and I played my barb again. <laughs> I played a lot of barb. Yeah, still, um, still like the barb, eh? Yeah, the 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 talk about the druid being kind of sucky is definitely I can confirm. The druid is undertuned damage wise for yeah. sure. There's something going on with him. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is. Although, again, we don't have access to the level 15 expertise that might have changed a lot. Yeah, but um, I actually really like the druid. Uh, I think the druid is awesome. Yeah, his kid is cool. Wear- his, he just feels like he was swinging a wet banana. At but it, yeah, his it just the, I wasn't like even Barb like because I like I played Barb and I thought Barb people were like selling short. Barb is amazing uh, compared to the Druid. It's like it's like you have less tool. I mean, I wasn't playing the spells as much as I was playing Werebear, Werewolf, like fighty Barb. Yeah, but it definitely I definitely felt like a a weakling no matter what I did. It was kind of rough. Yeah. Um, mainly because you have less like defensive tools, I find, and less mobility tools. And uh, so I think that probably needs to be looked at. But it was still fun. Like, I love the flavor. Oh, my God. I love being a werewolf. Oh, yeah. The werewolf yeah. is so well animated and cool. And it's like playing Greymane in wolf form, but constantly. The class vibe it, is I real really strong. It. It's a strong vibe. It's like they're getting that dead on. I love him. He's big and hairy yeah. and fat. And, just and I've been grow. trying all the classes in D2R because I'm comparing a lot of notes between this and D2. Yeah. And um, it's pretty much all the same abilities in D2. And it's, except you only get two wolves in, in D2R. I've got five wolves now. Yeah. Um, so I hope they increase the wolf amount. That was the main draw, was just getting pet wolves. I'm like, oh, pet wolves are awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, Necro's got skeletons, but I actually kind of like the wolves a little better. Like, Druid's edging it out for him. Like, all this talk about loving Necro, but man, the Druid's kind of, he's kind of a dirty badass. Like, he looks like he doesn't shower. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, for sure. It's kind of awesome in its own. I'm, I'm sure the Necromancer doesn't shower either, but. <laughs> no, he showers. It's just the I'm not going to make enemies. this a, a Coke yeah. versus Pepsi thing. I just, I favored the Druid, and uh, they both have lots of pets. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, the all Spirit the- Generation sucked. Oh, yeah, Spirit Generation's John brilliant. will know what this means because he played Lost of Monk, which is the same thing, right? You know, you have to punch to get the spirit mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And I felt spirit starved constantly. Everything was expensive yeah. on spirit cost, and then I was running out constantly. Again, we're on barb. I can, you know, I have a lot of options that don't require rage and such. But anyways. Right. It's uh, That was another thing I meant to say is I did feel like I was out of spirit, so I was always meleeing without any without any special, you know. So I felt like I was just like, okay, well, let me whip him with a noodle for a minute. Oh, I have enough spirit to do, you know, one thing. Okay, cool. I'll do that. Oh, I'm out again. Like that happened a lot. John, do you play this at all? Mess with these two classes? I did. Um, so I, I was really looking forward to Druid. Um, it was a, it was a favorite class of mine in Diablo two. And so I was, I was pretty excited to get in and, uh, Druid is not my cup of tea. Mm. Uh, I thought Druid (laughs) looked stupid as hell from (laughs) the moment I showed up carrying my dumbass block of wood. Doesn't have any Uh, boobies. Yeah. To uh, to like walking around with my dumb block of wood, and I went first with like an earth build, and I was like, yeah, and rocks were ripping out of the ground. And I was like, badass. <laughs> and then like you would think a rock ripping out of the ground and hitting something in the face would do damage, and it did nothing. Um, and I was like, well, this doesn't feel good. So I tried werewolf, and that looked cooler because now I didn't look like a dope carrying a block of green wood. <laughs> and uh then I Oh yeah, the did, margarine. I called it margarine. I was like, is it like I, I just thought it looked like a little green thing of yeah, wood. Like, yeah. It's like there if there's they put tons of effort into everything in this game except the first item the druid gets, which looks like wood or a stick of margarine. <laughs> it's just the, the gray Paul a gray uh, rectangle. Yeah. And or then and then I replaced it and it looked like I was then this dude just carrying around a little dolly. And I was like, okay, I do not feel cool at all. It's like a block of wood or a dolly. Um, So I didn't like the aesthetic. I didn't like the look of the character. I didn't like the look of the things I was carrying. I personally didn't think the werewolf looked insanely cool enough. I I thought it looked fine. I I guess that's not the point I want to hang on here. But... um, I just I tried a bunch of different builds with the druid and very quickly learned uh, I'm not excited at all about the druid about as the it druid. turns out. Mm-hmm. Also, anybody who's heard me talk about this because I was excited about the druid and I think last week and maybe even the week before I was like I'm excited about the druid. I mm-hmm. played Diablo 2 where it was just I guess people call it the flaming meatball build. I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. druids used to have in Diablo 2 this ability that would call down a giant boulder that would roll across the screen and leave a giant trail of fire behind it and that was how i played my diablo 2 druid that was my favorite ability and uh the boulders there it is not on fire and so i am not happy (laughs) about that uh it's you know everybody else is like yeah it's got all the things i love from when i played this in diablo not me it's Mm -hmm. missing a key feature that Mm -hmm. ball until that ball is on fire i am unhappy uh so yeah i didn't like I didn't like my time with Druid, but here's what happened. Mm. Um, I said, okay, well, I don't want to make a third rogue because I've already done rogue twice. Um, And I knew I wasn't going to play Necromancer. Like Necromancer is bottom of my interest. Like everybody loves the Necromancer. I hate it. I've never liked the Necromancer in Diablo two. And they added it to Diablo three. 
It is not my class. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not your level. thing. I right. just don't like it. You'd feel the same so, way if there was a book and, and the book said, uh, uh, hey, I'm writing this book and there's two characters in it. Which one are you going to fall in love with? This roguish character or this necromancer? You're, it's still the rogue, <laughs> right? Like that's just you. It's like this. It's like if they put a class in Diablo 4 called Breakable Weapons. We know Scott's not going to play it. Like, it's just the same thing with me. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't interested. So I was like, well, okay. Um, I'll actually play one that I wasn't particularly interested in. And I played the Sorcerer. Mm. And I did not think I was going to like it. And I loved it. Sorcerer's and awesome. I wound up playing it to, I think, level 23. I might have gotten it higher level than any of my other classes uh because i think rogue i topped out at 22 the sorcerer was insanely fun yeah i could not believe how much i enjoyed playing the the sorcerer um and it shocked me because like the caster in diablo is usually like bottom of my interest list yeah. Uh, again, necromancer kind of falls into that because I don't like the pets, so I always end up being a caster necromancer, and then I'm like, well, this is just a weird caster. I don't like this. Sure. Um, and I I couldn't believe like the mobility, the damage, the flashiness of the spells. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I great. did the world boss. I didn't die. And like compared to, I've, I did the world boss twice. First time Bo and I did it and I was dying every 10 seconds. I had to go back to town in the middle of fighting the world boss, get my items repaired because they had all broken and then go back to the world boss and keep fighting it because I died so many times the first time uh, fighting it. Second time, no deaths. Nothing. Felt like a badass in there. Yeah. Uh, the sorcerer was just like crazy cool. Um, I do think... All that said, I think I'm going to probably play Rogue on yeah. release. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'm going to play a ranged Rogue. I think that's where I kind of found that happy balance of um, legendaries I liked and gameplay I liked and all of that. But I I had such yeah. a good time with the Sorcerer. It made a real strong case for me because I was. So like, I wanted to ask everyone their fun. their their one to five lists of preferred, not. Which one is the best that everyone should play? But like, just favorite to least favorite. Uh, sorcerer, or sorry, necro, sorcerer, uh, rogue, barb, druid. That's where I'm at. I would say rogue, sorcerer, uh, barbarian, necro, druid. Oh, druid's at the bottom, man. I mean, that For may me, change at launch. We get a, a good balance. Go ahead, Bone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's a uh, barb, druid, rogue, necro, sorcerer. <laughs> oh, sorcerer last. It's just funny how different wow. it is. It's fun. Yeah. You know? That's good though. I think that's a good sign. They they they're making classes and 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 how they feel. I mean, I want I want them to range. bump up the druid druid numbers. He definitely felt weak, but I still think he's really cool. Yeah, and the sorcerer is OP by all accounts. Like at the moment, that thing is just out of control. I at least in the beta. One of the cool things I was able to do is you can give them green tinted skin. So my druid kind of looked like a horde orc mm-hmm. without the tusks. Mm-hmm. Like she was green. She had the wolf head armor that yeah. you would see on, you know, tribal orc, horde orcs. Right. So, yeah. Horde. I like horde orcs. Sh- shaman, shaman, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Shaman. 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 shaman Mario. Mario. I don't know. I'm, I'm a shaman shaman. Something like that. Um, I'm ashamed of your shaman. That game's great. And I uh, can't wait for June. So hurry up. Blizzard, we probably won't talk a lot about it until you hurry up and make that game come out. 
So watch for that. Also, uh, just a, a little humble brag before we go, but I completed the the log to oh. the greatest extent that you could. You couldn't fill everything up, right. but I 100 percented the. Uh, Did you do every class up to 25? No, 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 no. just on the barb. Just no, on the barb, no, okay. There was the only ones I got to 25 were a rogue and barb at the end of it. I saw somebody had a, the whole roster of each class, got them all to 25, and then that was like his his achievement for the for the uh, for the whole beta. It's like I did everybody. I've I've eaten. Yeah, all this, I just I kind of got in the same place as you, Scott. Where I there was a point where I realized I'm going to be doing all this for real in a couple months. I don't want to get burned out. I've we've been there. There've been games where we've literally said, you know, like, oh, we're going to be into this. Overwatch was like this. Yeah, actually. Diablo three. We I played Skeleton King like a hundred times. We mm. played the shit out of Overwatch in beta, and then it came out, and none of us really played. Bo did. No, and we all kind of it. fell off in the early days because yeah, too uh, much beta. I that could happen with this for me. So I was just like, no, you know what? I want to experience it. I I know I like the game enough to be happy that I bought it. I'm yeah. gonna play it come June. Uh, I don't need any more right now. So. I'm going to be exploding corpses like a mother effer in June. That's what's going to happen. Plus, I'll play. They are going to put out. They did say that they got a lot of good feedback, and they are going to put out um, sort of expectations on what to see or what what to expect change wise between uh, the beta and release. I Mm. think that would be a really cool thing to see. I hope it's pretty comprehensive um, because there were a lot of people. I think we even may have said it on this show. That said, come on, how much are they going to change in a couple months? But right. they have said that they're taking feedback into consideration and they want to put out a post about what that feedback is going to look like in practice when the game comes out. And nice. if they do that, I think that would be really good. I agree. Looking forward to it. Plus, I have a Diablo show I'd like to fill with content. So please, Blizzard, say things. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be nice if you actually said some stuff. Uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Um, John played it and beat it. I am playing it with John, second seeding it while I stream it and act like an idiot. Uh, I but- watched a little bit of that, man. <laughs> You're still screaming McScreamy. I know. Yeah. And you know what John said <laughs> before like this one? Thing, uh, they, you won't be disappointed. I was surprised. I thought by now, surely you've gotten better at it, but nope. No, they look. Now you're going through the village, the easiest, least scary part of the game, probably. And you're like, what's he doing? At one point, you had like closed the door in the house, turned yeah. around, and thought you were alone, and then a guy just appears behind you. You're like, oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. of, and people give me shit when we played D&D for yelling into the mic, and you were like, screaming at the top of your lungs into the mic. No, it's awful. Like, I I, yeah. I, I, I can't help it. John even said before this one, says, you know, this one's considered, and I also think it's the least scary of the of the installments. It's not that scary. No, you're all wrong. They're all scary. Interactive horror gets me every time. I can't freaking help it. It's just the way it is. But we're playing it I mean, again. you screamed playing Hotel Renovator, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. There was a guy in, an, in the elevator down the hall or something that looked like a... He looked like uh, uh, the bounty hunter guy that was on TV, whatever his name was. I forgot Dog his name. Dog the bounty Dog hunter. Dog the bounty hunter. And he just shows <laughs> up right in my face. Another time a girl walked into my hotel room and I wasn't expecting it. There's a lot of that stuff. So, yes, I get jumpy. 
in these games. I don't know why. I watch horror movies all day and never bother me at all. But I can I guess video games, dude. I mean, so anyway, it's, just, it's 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 a reaction. Like Skyrim VR, I hate those spiders, but I can't find it in me to scream. Like inside, I feel like I want to scream like that. I just have this but outlet. I, it's I just, weird. I don't, you know. It's, I can't, it's, I literally can't control it. It would be a fun yeah, experiment no, for, for me to do this and try really hard never to let it out and see how I do. I don't think I can do it. I think I just. Are you like that with movies at all? Or are you like no. totally normal in movies? Movies are fine. Yeah, I just watched another horror movie. What did I watch? Just oh, I watched. Uh, uh, what did I watch? Oh, um, Bone Tomahawk, which I'd seen before, but uh, I watched Smile last week. Smile was scary as shit, but I don't scream. I don't freak out. It's the control. In a movie, I have no control over anything. These stupid people getting themselves killed. They're going to do it with or without me, right? So it doesn't bother me. It's just like, oh, okay, well, that's where the story went. In the games, I control it, and the outcome is dependent on my actions. And that's the, I think that's the switch. That's what makes it happen is that I'm in and control. And they're just suddenly there and they're not where you thought they were. And it's, you know, produces. An yeah. Effect. I mean, some mo- movies like with a good jump scare, they'll make me go, oh, geez, didn't expect that. That'll happen, but not like. I noticed it's when people appear out of the sc- on the screen where you're like, what are they doing there? Yeah. <laughs> how did it even get here? There was it's some like magic. kind of an object in permanence sort of thing where it's sure. just like, I'm safe. And then you pan the camera and you're like, I'm not safe. <laughs> there like, were some ah! magically teleporting villagers in my first couple hours with John, I can tell you that. To be fair, they were pretty quiet. Yeah, like, that's or John. Well, you you've played it firsthand, so you you have the ultimate authority. But like, sometimes they don't give monsters good foot footsteps. <laughs> yeah, they like they like the footsteps to be quiet, mm-hmm. then you know the chanting to be all encompassing. So you just hear the like just around you, and then all of a sudden someone will get real loud, and you turn around, they're right there. Chat room wants but to I know. mean, that game also does a really good job of giving the monsters a lot of avenues to get behind you. Like, there's yeah. very rarely in that game where you can just put your back up against the wall and say, okay, well, nothing's coming up behind me. Yeah. Yeah. That was one like, other favorite part. Scott would run into a dead end. He'd be like, Scott, that's a dead end. So he'd just turn around and run through the zombies and somehow <laughs> weave his way without getting caught through the zombies. And he's going, oh! I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know what else to do. It's no, you're doing the right thing, but it's just your reaction. Like it's just, it's just funny because you know in movies usually you hit a dead end and the protagonist panics and they back up. And yeah. You're like, nope, running right through, right the through end. him. Right old. through him. I know that you know. At least I still, I still have a sense that there's a video game around me and I can sort of juke and jive. But I don't know. That game is as intense as I expected and it looks really great. Um, someone in the chat asked, "How do I do it? Haunted houses? I hate them. I'm terrible in those." Because again, that's a situation where I don't, it's not happening before me or in front of me like a film where it's a screen and dividing the real world from me to it. I'm in the thick of it and I don't know that the guy with the chainsaw is about to pop out of the door or whatever. Just can't freaking do it. Have you done any scary VR? Uh, yeah, and then I'll never do it again. That's never happening okay. again. It was worse. It was whole, so much worse. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because there's oh. some stuff I like. Fan, uh, what is it? Phantom of Phosmia. <laughs> oh, I can't. Phantom no way. I, that, that is VR, right? Phantom, fan, or uh, Phantasmia. What is that called? Phantasmophobia. Phantasmophobia. Phantom of Phosmia. Phantasmophobia. Phantasmophobia. Yeah, pretty close. But no, I played that game and tried it with a VR. It was early in the development, so it was super janky. 
I'll never do that again. Never. Like I just look at it and I'm like, this looks insane to do in VR. No, why at seven was that and I refused to do it in seven, RE seven. It was just too much. There's no way. No way in hell. And I, when I was playing the PlayStation version and had a PSVR. Oh, we did we put that story in here? Yeah, we did. We gotta talk about that PSVR two news. Anyway, I can't do horror movies with VR. I can't I can barely do them without VR, so yeah, forget it. No one no one tried to talk me into it. It's never happening. But I only played two hours of it, and I will say my impressions are strong. I think that game uh, controls great. It looks incredible. I think their modern RE engine that they use for all these new remakes and their newer RE games, Village and Seven before that, is downright beautiful. Um, I wish I, I, I said on the stream to John, I wish they would use this engine for more things, and then a whole bunch of you re- reminded me that Monster Hunter, uh, the newest one, I can't remember the name. There's a few games that straight up use this engine they they are using it in other places than just than just re but uh it's a gorgeous re-envisioning of the of the world uh of of leon s kennedy's hair uh <laughs> those, really those sorts of hair. things really good hair amazing hair um but john's beat it you played the full game so i want to hear from you as the you beat it already yeah he's a yeah. freak he's a freak i was amazing watching what you stream it like on friday was it like if the day it came out i think I was watching you while I was waiting to log into Diablo and you were just like, yeah, I got to the title. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're done already. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do when you give up sleep and, uh, <laughs> did you stream at all or no, no, I just kind of, oh, you, you got kinda, hooked and you're like, I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm playing this yeah, thing. That happens. Yeah, yeah. I basically just sort of no lifed it. Um, the family was doing wow. something. Oh, they had a birthday that they were going to go to. <laughs> it, it was your son's birthday. You're like, yeah, I'm like, off, sorry. Leon, here. Leon needs me. I'm, bu- I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So it was, uh, yeah, it's just been, it, I've been, it's been my main focus. I mean, I will say it's longer than most of the other remakes. Um, so it, it's not a short game necessarily. I think I was at, it's got to be longer than 15 hours because it was 15 hours when I checked it and I still had a ways to go before I beat it. Um, but That's I think impressive. It's not a I think 15 game, hours though. is probably a decent uh, estimate for how long it plays. Um, wow. It It is a super fun game. Like it is a extremely competent third person action game um, on top of just being a really good, you know, Resident Evil and, and horror game. And I, I I'll tell you I'm already four hours into my second playthrough. Oh my gosh! On top of it, wow! I I finished it and I immediately your, started your playing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this game is very uh, welcoming to replay. So um, there's as soon as you start a new game, you get to start it with all your weapons and all your upgrades, and you get to then experiment with other guns because you will not have enough money in the game. Even if you focus on getting treasures, you will not earn enough money to fully upgrade all the guns. You have to make choices. And so you get more guns than you are going to ultimately use. So now I'm doing a second playthrough where my goal is, okay, these are the guns I want to upgrade. I want to also get these guns and put them in. Um, we do have to talk about, because we talked about earlier in the show, breakable weapons. One major change for this game, uh, when you play the original Resident Evil 4, basically the way you play the game is you shoot a villager in the kneecap, they bend over, you kick them in the head, you go stand over their body, and you stab them with a knife till they're dead. 
And that yeah, is the optimal like used to teach us. <laughs> yeah, that's the optimal way to play Resident Evil 4 uh every every encounter like in the original. This game has introduced um durability to the knife. Leon does not have infinite knife like he used to. Oh, uh to counterbalance that, the knife has become insanely useful in this game. Mm. You can perform stealth kills. You can perform instant on-the-ground stab finishing maneuvers. You can parry almost any attack in the game with the knife. Um, A nuclear rocket? (laughs) So Carbot made a joke. Uh, so uh, they he did a uh, Carbot plays Resident Evil Four where Leon successfully deflects a rocket launcher blast. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you, I never did it. Yeah, but I believe that it's possible. Okay. It's not a. I can't say for sure that it can be done, but I have no doubt that it could potentially be done because there were villagers throwing Molotov cocktails at me, and I was deflecting them back at the villager with the knife. Oh, okay. I like back the unrealistic, we go. but you know, logic like logic consistency within the game. It's like knife is for parrying; it parries everything. Yeah, it, 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 it's so good, but it all does durability damage to your knife. So the knife is obviously the most useful tool in the arsenal, but you have to choose when and where and how to use it properly. And typically, I don't like that sort of thing. But I will say this game does a very good job of giving you lots of extra knives. So you've got the good knife, which you can repair at the vendor. Anytime you find the merchant, you can spend a little money to uh, to repair it. You also oh, yeah, find a bunch of like kitchen knives and boot knives and like kind of shitty knives that you just stockpile that are, are like, you know, these are fine. These are usable. And I will say there is also a second knife that you get in the game that is the kind that's a, a real knife. You can repair it and keep like it. A, like a so chippy, on my second chippy. playthrough, I have two knives that I can use. So now I'm on my second playthrough, I'm not afraid to use the knife. It's like I'll use it to stab people, I'll use it to block, use it for all the things that you can use it for. Hey, but you don't and lose bel- them when they break. You can repair them. So that's... That's right. Key. The the two main ones, yes. The little extra knives that can be used for crafting or for uh you know one-offs, those so oh, as you were away. saying, people had a tactic of overusing the knife. So the trade-off is you get limited uses but can repair it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I believe, I don't know because I haven't unlocked it. I've got to find three more, but you want to talk about motivating people to get your collectible thing. There are 16 little wind-up toys in this game. And if you get all 16, I believe you get a knife that has no durability on it. I believe that, that in my head, that's what it would have to unlock. Yeah. And I want it so bad. Mm. That's part of the reason I'm playing through a second time. I'm like, I'm getting that infinite durability knife. Yeah. Even if it's just a third knife, it will be worth it. And I will go through with an inventory full of knives because the knife is so good in this oh, game. Maybe somebody will do a, like a, like a meme playthrough where they just, uh, they play through the game doing knife to flex only. Oh, that, I, I'm sure it's will. coming yeah. because there are actually chat room says you can kill chainsaw man one hit with a deflect. Oh, really? Can you really kill him? Is that true? Well, I don't know. Ask, um, who said, Oh, you can parry the chainsaw. Oh wait, win, one win, hit kill. Mages. Hmm. Is it Magus or Magus? Magus. 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 I think Magus. Yeah. When Magus said it. Yeah. 
but uh He's the it, Vegas of the wind <laughs> it's incredible and it's really it's really it's the closest that any of these remakes has been to an actual remake so a lot of people said well why is why are they remaking this game it's not that old yeah. um first of all you clearly haven't played it in a while yeah it's been a bit <laughs> yeah, they've done old. they've it's done a enough. lot it's, to the it face, you can tell the facelift Yes, it's good. It's really good. Um, Just go look at the comparison videos and you'll be like, oh, right, okay. Because your brain, I think your brain, you see the new thing and you go, well, yeah, this is what I remember. And if you go back and look, you'd be shocked at how it's not even close. But not only that, it's a great lesson in how our brains work. It's like, we want to remember, you know, we we know it's the back of Leon's head and he's wearing that dumb jacket and he kind of looks like this when he's aiming. And like, there's a lot about the composition of what the frame looks like. That's what you remember. You don't remember yeah. the fidelity on the shadows and the lighting and the fire and the, you know, all that. Anyway. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. It's worth doing. The, if you want to the attention to detail in this game too is just insane. I told Scott about this and I have done the trick myself and it's true. It's in there. Um, the, the village scene that you were talking about, but where you go in and you have to survive for, I think it's about four minutes. Uh, feels like an eternity because they throw so much at you. Uh, villager wise. By the way, I noticed you didn't tell Scott that when he was screaming. Oh no, he had to wait. wait. This is afterwards. What do I do? What do I do? And you're like, I don't know. No, there were, John has this telltale thing where he'll be really quiet at a point. He'll be like, I'll even ask a question. I go, so John, something, something. And then you'll go quiet because you know that that guy's about to come down the stairs. Or, yeah. or you know there's a thing I'm about to step in. Yeah, which, there's a metagame Scott's playing, which is taking your reactions to try and predict what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm having yeah, a... I'm now I'm going to have to shift it up. Now I'm going to yeah. have to try and talk over scares. The problem is I know he's going to clip his scares, and I don't want my stupid voice being like, <laughs> anyway, farts and butts. Like, right when it's like a key moment that he's going to capture, so... Yeah, fair There point. is a part of me that does try to get out of the way of it, but... Uh, no, there's a trick in the village where if you, so the idea is you survive for four minutes, then the church bell rings, all the villagers immediately kind of go into a hypnotic state. They drop their weapons and they walk away and they leave you alone. Um, you can get a rifle and you can shoot the church bell from the village. And if they hear the bell ring early, you can skip that entire encounter. Oh, wow. Um, it will it will make them just immediately drop what they're doing. So of course, the way I did it as I metagamed it, I killed the chainsaw man to get the valuable loot he drops. Then I shot the church bell to end the encounter, wow. um, which is the I think the optimal route to go. Yeah, but it's uh, they've done so much with it, and I have seen some criticism. People saying that they think that some of the cheesiness has been toned down. I think that is true. Some of the goofiness has been pushed back a little but i think it they did that same thing with two and with three and this is a sequel to those remakes so i think tonally it matches the tone of i think it's a translation thing i think the goofiness it doesn't read as goofy in japan probably Mm -hmm. well like like the final fantasy game they're like 
Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, it seems <laughs> What's so funny about Jack? This yeah. is this is serious. Um, yeah, I mean, like they've replaced. Uh, they've replaced. There's no Indiana Jones running from a giant, perfectly round boulder at an insane supersonic speed. Now it's more. Oh, there was a B prompt, and you dodged out of the way of that was falling debris. Yeah. Um, How's the lake snake worse or better? Almost exactly the same, although you can see it now. It's not as muddy as it was back in the GameCube days. Now you can actually appreciate it. Um, but yeah, the the Lago monster is is great. I can only think of one section of the game that stands out as absolutely cut from Resident Evil 4, and it is personally one of my least favorite sections, where a monster chases you through a segmented shipping container thing. Um, I didn't like that section of the game. It's not in there at all. There is some speculation that it's going to be in DLC that's going to come out. Oh, um, okay. But uh, in general, everything is here. Some of it's tweaked. Um, you know, again, people miss the goofiness of uh, a giant robotic statue chasing you in the game that was in the original. The robotic statue is still in the game. He doesn't chase you. He just breathes fire at you. Mm. People are like, it's not goofy anymore. It's still pretty goofy when you get right down to it. I think it's okay. Um, It's amazing. Like for me growing up, Resident Evil 2 was the first game I ever played on the PlayStation. Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. I consider myself like insanely lucky that not only did I have those amazing experiences, but I got to play two phenomenal remakes of those games. I cannot believe how good these are. Yeah. And yeah, Scott's showing the lake monster right now. It's, it's basically the same thing. You just see better. You can just see what's going on. Yeah. It's it's a fidelity improvement over the the previous game. Um, Yeah. I'm, I, I, I've, I'm really enjoying it so far, despite my, you know, horror misgivings, but it's, um, I wish more, not that I'm, there's a lot of people saying, Hey, can we stop at the remakes? Maybe have some new games. I'm like, well, okay. There are lots of new games. You're just not paying attention to them. But secondly, um, I think, I think this stuff's just a new game this year. Village village was last year. Last year. Well, yeah, I mean, it takes a couple of years to develop games. Yeah, I agree. I think if they do this stuff in between, I don't know why you're complaining. I think this is great. Remakes of this caliber. Yeah. 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 Good remakes are good. Then do that all day. I I don't mind it, but if they're terrible, then yeah, skip. But yeah, yeah, this is probably the least transformative of a remake. Like resident evil two is a very different game, uh, than, than the original. Um, you know, Mr. X, which is the thing everybody talks to about, about Resident Evil 2 remake is barely in the original Resident Evil 2. He's in scenario B Yeah, and you have to beat the game twice before you even see that. So, oh, you beat the game twice. Is that, is that, so in Resident Evil 2, if I beat it, you are saying I can beat it once, not twice. Yeah. You, no, right. John, Ryan, John misspoke. <laughs> Ryan. No, no. Cause technically, I, I technically no, because this would technically be your third time playing ah, damn through it. it in the way you're saying. Okay. But, um, I thought I had it yeah, out. I so like, he's not very, he's not very important. So to me, Resident Evil two is more transformative. It's more of a new game experience. I honestly think this game, maybe my biggest detriment, and this is a small one, is that it is such a faithful remake. 
I like this game so much. I wish it didn't feel as familiar as it does mm. because it, it didn't feel like my first time playing through it. It felt like, Oh, this is a much better version of that game. I've played so many times. That's the closest thing I can say to like a bad experience with it. Um, because it is so faithful to it, which is also a great thing about it. But, uh, I, I, I think people should play this game. Even if you're not big on Resident Evil, this game plays like a really cool action game. Um, and the way you evolve playing the game over time, like, you know, you watch somebody who's played this game a lot, they look like John Wick. Mm. You watch early people playing it, and they look like Scott just running around <laughs> the village screaming, and maybe he gets hit, and maybe he doesn't. Yeah. Like, it's really... Uh, it's really incredible what you can do with this game um, as far as skill and, and the way it plays. So I'm very happy I, that it has so much of this, like the kick uh, feature is amazing. The sneak up and stab a dude stealth mode. I love that in all games. So that's, that's an, a, a nifty little addition. Um, yeah. I mean, they're innovating in the right ways. I don't know why people are review bombing it for any, any reason. Like, Given the context of what it is, this is a pretty high quality product thus far. Yeah, I, it feels fleshed out in important places like uh, characters get more screen time. Um, I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. Yeah. It's probably my favorite thing I've played so far this year. Oh, man, look at you. Early game of the year. Uh, I didn't say that. I just said favorite <laughs> thing so far. <laughs> do, you think do, do you think they do an RE5 or 6? Uh, they keep going down this path or no? I really want them to remake Code Veronica. Code Veronica feels like the game that's kind of missing from all of this. Yeah. Like uh, remaking five feels like a waste of time, which I know is what people said about four. And I'm saying, don't say that. But Resident Evil five was just it was the, that trend of we're going to take a good horror game and make it co-op and kind of screw it up in doing so. Yeah, yeah. Five doesn't um, have the reputation that four does. I, mean, I, I don't think I don't think five is very good. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But that's Chris punching a boulder. Yeah. Maybe I do want to see. Yeah, it. maybe you want to see high fidelity bun, bun, uh, boulder punch. Maybe you do. Uh, they, should do they should do Code Veronica first, though. Code Veronica is a really cool, often overlooked Resident Evil game that I think would benefit <laughs> probably the most from new controls, except for this guy. Yeah, this guy sucks. that's on the screen right now is the worst Resident Evil character in the history of Resident Evil. Yep. Oh my gosh, he's so bad. He's really bad, but, but someone will complain that he got watered down or something, though. Someone's going to be mad that they made him better. He's excessively Canadian, and he's super whiny, and it's amazing. His... He has the most cringe dialogue of just like, eh, Claire, Claire, what are you talking about? Like, it's so bad. It's oh, so man. bad, but he's he's amazing. I, I, this was a launch title for my Dreamcast, if I remember right. I think it was a launch title, and I, it was the first yeah. game I bought. I was so into this. And this is back when I was playing with friends on the couch, so I had, it was like John was there, but not John. A different John. <laughs> and that's how I played Resident Evil Code Veronica with my buddy Andrew, and it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah, make that one. Yeah. Do that one. Uh, make Capcom. this one. This is the one they need to do next. Do Code Veronica. I, I agree. Boy, look at her dodge that bullet. Jeez. All right. Um, awesome. Well, those are the games we played uh, jointly. Um, let's jump to a couple that I played on my own. Uh, I played a brand new game called Dredge. Yeah, that's right. The word is Dredge. That's right. That's right. 
Um, this game is available via Steam. Um, plays beautifully on the Steam Deck. Already Steam Deck verified. Um, even though I got a pre, it was a pre-release code. It's now officially out. I think the 19th was the day it launched. And um, it's this beautiful little game that at first you're not really quite sure what's going on. You're a fisherman. Uh, it's not chore core, although there's some chore core elements to it. You're out uh, doing fishing man work. And uh, the story goes, you get into a, what? a, a <laughs> you know, getting fish. Wait, wait a minute. What? <laughs> you're... What'd you just say? I said you go. You're just you're out fishing. You fish, right? You're what a fisherman. What was the bit about man work? Oh, you're doing fishing man work. I don't know. I don't know. What that <laughs> oh, means. okay. Yeah, not. Fa- I thought you said you're out fishing. You know, man work. Oh no, not that. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see how that would be taken that way. Let me put the comma in the right place. Uh, no, you're just a dude. What fishes? And uh, okay. you 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 find out you find this uh, yourself kind of washed up and banged up real bad in a little town in a little cove uh, that has a uh, what do you call those lights? Uh, what's that called? A lighthouse. Lighthouse. Jeez, Louises. <laughs> you know, man work. You know, man work. Operating a lighthouse. Work for men. Uh, you can tell this week's been too long. Wait, did you call it men work? Yeah, I called it man work. I don't know. Why. <laughs> So anyway, you go to this place, you talk to the mayor. Okay. He says, hey, I'll fix you up. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll we'll get your ship fixed. You're going to have to pay me back, though, and you'll do, the, do that by catching fish, and then I'll take a percentage. And you think you're kind of in for like, oh, this is just a fish pay off my debts sort of Animal Crossing kind of vibe, you know? It's not that at all. There's like this weird eldritch horror element to everything where – I go out. There's a real time clock that's that runs as you as you're out fishing. You see the sunrise as I'm doing it. Um, the t- clock ticks when you're moving and when you're fishing and you're doing you know dredging. There's also the dredging thing where you're finding old artifacts at the bottom of the ocean and you get quests to go get these things with different equipment that's on your ship. You upgrade that equipment over time. You get better fishing poles, better fishing rigs. Uh, you start being able to get basic fish and then you can do stuff that's more out into the ocean. Things that are more like sharks and shit like that. Um, you only have so much uh, uh, space in your inventory. So when that's full, you go back to town and sell it, make a little money. You want to try to be back home before dark because when it gets dark, weird stuff starts happening like strange visions or your ship gets attacked by like a purple hue that you can't figure out where this came from or things like this. Um, and it gets really foggy and, and creepy. Um so when you're back at town, you also can buy upgrades like a better floodlight that is uh, going to make it so you're less susceptible to danger while you're out in the out in the dark. That means you can spend more time out there. And when you spend more time out there, you find more mysterious stuff and you bring that stuff back. And there's a story that's so slowly unraveling. I'm only a little bit in, so I don't have a ton to say about the story so far. But it feels like, I don't know, it's kind of, you get the feeling this is like Pacific Northwest or even... Like, I don't know where else to compare it to. Maybe, maybe up like in Maine. Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, like Maine or, you know, you're a, think of a, like a lobster fisherman or something, that kind of lifestyle or whatever. Yeah. Um, you're always in the view of this ship. Of like Nova Scotia or Newfoundland. Yeah. A little bit like that. That's a good point. I, I forget that. There's, there's Canadian coastals that, yeah, not just Maine, but, uh, Latter. Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, New Brunswick. And I think this game might be a Canadian developer, so it's probably closer to that anyway. Or, La- or Labrador, really. Sure. Um, but anyway, you, you kind of <laughs> yeah. have this loop of, of, of progress, you know, progressing your ship, 
uh, progress with the people in the town. You unlock new people to talk to and new quests. Uh, you got a lady that fixes up your ship if you if it gets damaged. You also add a new engine so it's faster. You know all these kind of things, and then you run into these story elements. Um, my experience so far is this is a rad little indie game, and I think it's very good at what it's trying to do. The only complaint I really have is I feel like nighttime comes really quick, and it's probably because I'm just early. But nighttime is no bueno. You don't want to be out there then. Stuff weird shit killed me a few times, and it's really like ghostfish. Yeah, or stuff I generally just can't see, and it's meant to feel kind of paranoid and unknown and mysterious. So they they do a good job of like covering up what might have killed me. Um, and it's you know it's a generous save system, so it's not like you lose a lot of time or or, or stuff. But um, that stuff's a little bit of a bummer. It's a great deck game where you can just sit and play this thing on your handheld all night. And it's getting good reviews. Uh, I really like it. And I think people should check it out. It's called Dredge. And it is very cool. It's up on Steam currently. Uh, maybe somewhere else. I was else, looking but. at this earlier today. I think it's, I'm happy you played it because I was really curious because I liked the look of it uh, awful lot. Yeah, the look of it, this painterly kind of, um, I don't know, not really low poly, but kind of low polygon. Like it's meant, it's meant to evoke a, a simpler style. But it's, it's also, probably a name of that style. Yeah, thing, right? yeah. yeah it's like really hard to work. It's really hard to com, com, to describe it. But the it reminds me of certain kind of painting style too. Where it's like broad strokes, but simple design. Anyway, the water's really cool. I like a game where the ocean is where I gotta go do shit. I don't know why. I, you know, like Dave the Diver and freaking to some degree Zelda Wind Waker and things like that. I just. I'm a, I'm a fan of the expanse of, of water. It used to be what we saw, like how we look at space now as a people. That's how we used to all look at the ocean. And it's yeah. fun to like feel that sense of like awe and size. And and I'm only going to get better and more capable and, and tackle this place. So anyway, it's really cool. Uh, it's called Dredge and it's out now. Rad little game. Uh, when I wasn't playing that, I was obsessing over uh, Dyson Sphere program. Uh, a game oh, I yeah. am verifiably terrible at, but can't stop playing. And um, one day I'll be good at it. I'm nowhere near of Dyson. What are, you, what are you building on? What are you working on right now? Just trying to be better at like supply line and efficiency. Yeah, but like, what's like the tech thing? Like, are you work? What, what color cubes? I guess it all goes down to the cube level. Oh yeah, right. So. I'm do, I'm still a yellow cube in it. So I think it was pretty, pretty early. That means you did blue and red. So you got, you got got a supply chain for blue supply chain for red. Yellow is when it starts to get tricky when you get byproducts you don't need. Yeah. And, um, and it just gets a little harder. Each one gets a little bit harder. makes you go way crazier every time. You know, when you're extracting, you have to extract oil. You have oil refineries that extract the the oxygen. A lot of oil. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And the, and the thing is that puts out this, version of oil that's like an impure version or something it's the kind of it's, the, it's a light brown yes that's the stuff yeah. so yeah. when that started you, happening, need the, you want the hydrogen not the oil exactly the and so the hydrogen yeah. comes out of this like slower rate but that's the the leftover byproduct oil there's a ton of it and so yeah. what i started doing was just st- stacking storage generous. and just going bloop 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 storing it because i'm thinking well i'm gonna need this later and then i you realized can, i can burn this as fuel so i started piping that I put all these pipelines uh, straight to my uh, generator, my power plants. And so yeah. now those are all feeding directly off of that excess oil stuff. So that's yeah. kind of working uh, for now. For now, eventually, I think that oil byproduct also becomes useful later on down the line. But that's a, for later plans. Yeah. But you were so right, but, Bo, about like 
start a game with uh, your resources just set to infinite because you're going to have more fun experimenting. Yeah. And the time yeah. pressure is off, so you can learn at your own pace. Right. And just kind of more sandbox. I find it's more fun as a sandbox than mm-hmm. a eSport. <laughs> like, totally agree. To me, that's the only thing about doing limited things. It's like, well, now I just have time constraints, and my... I'm not smart. And like some people could probably do it in the afternoon. I'm like, this is like a week long project for me. So mm-hmm. and I did last week or this week, I tore everything down and started fresh from a logistics standpoint. So I've done had, that too. Yeah. It, that was that. fun. That way I didn't lose all my progress on the tech tree. Cause the tech tree, once, once you get to a certain point, the shit takes forever. It's like, and you know about the second tech tree where you upgrade your robot, right? Yes. So I go to that okay. all the time. Um, yeah. So you don't want to lose those upgrades. Even no. if you start from scratch, it's still worth having, your increased inventory space and you can stack things up higher and the belt speeds. I think there's one where you get more value out of mining ore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, if you have limited, then you're going through the ore faster. So it just makes it just a, a funner. Benefit, it's a funner you know? game to play it that way. I, I as much as, yeah. you know, somebody may look at that and go, well, that sounds a little like you're cheating. I don't know. The game design. No, it's just set your own difficulty thing. Like, do I play Torment 1 or Torment 16? That's all it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The only difference, it's I the, can't change it in real time. But other than that, it's it's. Fine. You are penalized in a certain way because you do accrue points mm-hmm. for production. Right. That when you play your next game, you get a head start on your tech tree. Oh, Again, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little point thing. So, but like. I don't need that head start either. <laughs> like I'm not racing. Like I get part of the one flaw of the game design is just this notion that things need to be limited. And there's a race. It's a sandbox. It's not needed. Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. Um, having a blast with that, but because that game is not easily playable on steam deck or any other kind of portable way of playing it. And when I'm not in front of my PC, mm-hmm. I would still have this itch and until uh, either satisfactory or them put in controller support, to me, it's just not worth fiddling with. So I found a game on mobile. <laughs> Uh-oh, John, um, careful. It's, it's also on Steam, so, you know, keep uh-huh. that in mind. Uh, this is a game he said called... The, he said the M word. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a game called Refractory. Uh, now, or sorry, Refactory, not Refractory. That's a different thing. Uh, I was going to say, I can play that game without any mobile. Yeah, you're, a, you're speaking of speedrunners. John is, he's ready to rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wait, but this, well, I only play it about once a day. Yeah, there's an energy mechanic, but you know, sure, it's not in your face about it. Yeah, uh, I hope it's not in my face. Anyway, the point is, refractory. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are joking about. <laughs> oh, re- have you heard of the refractory period, Bo? Have you heard of that? Do you know what that nope. is? No idea. Oh, it's a refractory, refractory period. period. <laughs> I can't Bo believe. Holy, like, what are we doing? This is great because I usually don't know you these things. You get to teach Bo something. Yeah, this Amazing. is my turn. Okay, so here's what it is. Like, I sort of assume we're talking about jizz, but I'm not. Oh sure. gosh. Well, we can go straight to that. Um, all right. So here's what it is in a very technical way. What is the refractory period? The refractory period is the span of time after having an orgasm during in which a person is not sexually responsive. The refractory period can have both mental and psychological effects. So that's it's it. like a concussion for your penis. Yeah. And the la- technically, the lady, everyone always thinks it's dudes, but ladies can have it too. They're like, okay, okay. it's like a concussion for your penis or your, um, your Virginia. Clitoris. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or that. I don't think, I don't think ladies have a Virginia, but <laughs> clitoris, maybe labia, vulva. One of those things is sure. not there. Okay. Those are great. All right. So where was I? Oh. 
Okay, so this game called you played Re- a mobile game. Refactory, which is on PC. Uh-huh. It's on Steam. It's also on iPad. Uh, I don't know if it's on phone. Maybe it is. That seems like a nightmare because there's too much stuff going on. But basically, the game is, uh, a, you know, it's a Factorio-like and has all the things you want, refining things, make, assembling them into other things you need. Um, there's some alien activity that may mean some defense stuff. If you want to do that, you can turn all that off if you want to. There's a campaign or you can do just sandbox. Like it's got all the pieces and parts, there's storage. Instead of being a dude that walks around doing stuff, you have drones that fly around and do stuff for you. And this you looks like this looks like poor man's Dyson Sphere. Oh, big time, big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's on mobile. I understand. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's just all just, I need. I see the sorters and like the or the the pullers and they look they take a whole square of space. They're not on the thing. Anyways, mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing. No, no, no. It's not and I totally you're right to yeah. say these things because it's absolutely true. The aesthetic is absolutely like poor man's poor is man's it, factory. How's, how's the how's the voiceover work? That's the real It's question. not bad. The music's also pretty good. The uh oh, the sound effects yeah. are good. It sounds like little factories pumping away and stuff. Some of it's a little simplified because obviously it's a mobile game. Plays great with mouse and keyboard on on PC. I played both. Okay, places. but yeah, oh, it really does look like it. It's like take these little minerals, turn them into shapes of the same color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're, yeah, and you're yeah. you can zoom out. Oh, zoom there's in. drones. Or the drones are doing work. Yeah, their drones do all your hard work. Uh, they're kind of huh. your, you got this. To, uh, uh, what's her name uh, from Is Halo? It intergalactic. Who's the lady from Halo? Can't think of her name. Oh, Katana. Katana looking lady that's giving you tutorial help. She's there all the time. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very serviceable. It's just, it's, it's a factory is management it a, is thing. Is it a box price? Like no microtrans? Three ninety nine. Okay. So on mobile, it's free unless you want to do for the campaign. It's free. If you want to do the sandbox mode, it's three ninety nine. Totally worth it. No problem. Plunk that down. No ads, no micro, nothing. It's just a game. Okay. Um, right. PC version is 10 bucks and is the whole game for the 10 bucks. You just get it. Dyson Sphere is already a sleep ruiner. Can you imagine playing this in bed till five in the morning? Well, that's kind of what I did the other day. Um, <laughs> it feels like doesn't have to imagine it. Yeah, you did it. So with Dyson Sphere, it was like this is the good cocaine, and in this one, it was like the guy down the street's got a rock that looks white, and it's probably all right. You know what oh I mean? Oh my gosh! So it's just, well, it's at just least salt. you're acknowledging where your problem is <laughs> with a proper analogy. My goodness! Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's one of those things though. No, but Dyson Sphere is like that, John. It is. It is. It is like it's, it's just another, druggy. you know, it's like Civ. It's like just another turn, just another thirty minutes. Oh yeah, not since Civ have I felt this level of com- com- uh, compelling yeah. of me to. Dyson's good. It. Dyson Sphere program is really, really, <laughs> it's really, really good. good. So this, I'm going to recommend this because I think it's a good pocket-sized well, version of the crack it. you want, and you're going to be used to all of the mechanics of it because you've already done this in either Satisfactory or Dyson Sphere. That's so very similar to those. Tech Tree is very similar how you refine stuff and store it, trying to be more efficient, upgrade the speed of your belts, all that stuff's here. Um, I don't know what the ultimate end game looks like. I'm not nearly that far, but it does seem like it's got quite a, you know, quite a bit down the tree. Um, and I kind of admire it for being a good one of these on a format that isn't normally something you'd associate with it. So, um, it's called it, factor, factory, refactory, refactory, refact. All right. This is how we started the penis. Talk. Yeah. That's where we got to refractory. <laughs> it's very different, but go look it up, uh, on steam. The reviews are good. People like it. It's, you know, it, I will say this, the actual gameplay screen plays like a PC game. No problems. It's all good. When you're out in the main menu, you immediately are reminded, oh, this is also on mobile, and they do a lot of UI stuff from mobile on this, and it's fine. Yeah, I'm downloading it on iOS. I'm taking a look here. Yeah. So. It's a lot of fun. I'm I, sure I would I'm going to regret it. 
I'm curious what you think. You're probably right that it's pretty good, and yeah. I will never sleep again. It taps into it in a way that I wasn't wasn't expecting, and you can get wild with, you know. How no, you, I, I kind of see what it's going for there. It's the same as Dyson Sphere, just not as nice to look at, but yeah. it, I think it has all the pieces there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, that is my games this week. Uh, again, Dredge and Refactory, and then, you know, of course, Dyson Sphere whenever I could which was a lot. I got so desperate at one point. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Oh my gosh. I got so desperate for that help. game. Do you need an intervention? <laughs> I did. I, you know how Steam will let you stream a game on a PC somewhere else on the network to another PC yeah. somewhere else? I don't know what they call it, but whatever it is. Remote play uh, or whatever. Like remote pipeline or something. Like whatever that. it is. Uh, I, try, I attempted to do that on a notebook that I had to use to do some tax stuff, but I wasn't anywhere near my PC. So I was like, will this run from there? And I, I loaded it all up and I had to install steam. And it, <laughs> you couldn't sit and do two taxes. You're like, I'll do Why two minutes can't of taxes. Why can't I Dyson while doing taxes? For every Why? 45 minutes of, it's just such every, a, five minutes of taxes, 45 minutes of Dyson. It's so good. It's just so good. Anyway, that's my current obsession. Uh, let's move over to John. Played a lot of the usual, it sounds like. What did you, uh, what did you get? Yeah, get I mean, all my games, uh, were Resident Evil and Diablo 4 this week. So, I mean, I'm still playing Final Fantasy 14, I'm still playing Fortnite, but nothing new. So, yeah. all my talk was in those games this I, week. I watched you stream a little, uh, I think it was Fortnite this week. Did you play this week? The stream it, no. I mean, maybe it was last week. You streamed, you streamed RE4, I watched that. I don't know what else you did, John. I yeah, I mean, you may have, you may have seen me do a little Fortnite, not too long ago though. yeah there was something going on where you were talking about oh man i can't remember now you said something really interesting while you were playing and i was gonna bring it up and i didn't write it down <laughs> oh no crap well, i do think i'm a pretty interesting person there was so, a, bit, like, yeah. a really good point about why Fortnite. i can't remember what it was shit i gotta write more stuff down this <laughs> is why Fortnite? period <laughs> Why Fortnite? An essay by or a TED talk by John Jagger. Yeah. Uh, get tickets early. All right. Hey, let's move on then to Bo and his his time with, uh, well, whatever you want uh, to talk I, about. I, I, let me, I'll just list the games I played. I played some D4 beta. We talked about it. I played D2R. Again, same game that's been around for 23 years. Yeah. I'm just still playing it more. <laughs> <But pretty. laughs> uh, the remaster is good. And, you know, I like reminding myself how ugly that game looks with the ugly mode. Yeah. Um, or AKA classic. mode. Yeah. Do you remember sure. the max resolution? <laughs> Blizzard doesn't call it ugly mode. It's, but it's To like, me, it's so crazy that in 2000, when that game was new or 2001, whatever, the maximum resolution for that game was 800 by 600. They wouldn't let it you. It was amazing. At the time, it was amazing. And on was CMT, it the maximum? Or I yeah. thought they, they, they upped it, it for the expansion, though, right? They did. They like, let you go I to 1024 was... by 768 with the expansion. You're right. Oh, was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that was, again, like still lower than the standard of other games at the time. Like everything yeah. else was doing higher resolution. Not, not that high. Nobody was doing 1080p yet. But but 800 by 600 being locked there, was it, that seemed insane at the time. It's like, that's Windows this big, by the way. If you look at it in actual pixels these days, I could fit. How many Diablo 2 sessions could I have on this 4K widescreen here? It'd be ridiculous. I think I kind of want to do it now. Anyway, yeah. But anyways, it's the same great game. I'm enjoying it. It's basically I'm just playing that as a whole because I can't play Diablo Four and Diablo Three. Well, I played actually a bit of that too this week, but it's only good in small bursts. I'm I got as high as I think 120 now. Greater Rift. I'm sort of pushing, but 
I'm doing Tempest Rush build. Uh, John will know what that means. Um, I can't go any higher with it. Uh, mm. I need to switch to whatever the meta is, and I don't think I want to. You know, but anyway. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but the non-Diablo games I played, I played some Farthest Frontier again, which, like Dyson Sphere Program, it's also a highly addictive game. Um, it was fun to come back to. They made some changes, but nothing too huge. But uh, I do like my Farthest Frontier. And I played Dark Tide. Nice. A game that, uh, you know, it has, there's people on there playing, so I can find a group of 30s to play with. Um, is that the cap? I, like, 30s? Like, yeah, 30s the cap. Okay. And, um, like, I don't think, if you're looking for, like, you know, super crazy end game, super crazy progression systems, like, this ain't it. But the actual, like, gameplay is pretty fun. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's yeah. the actual, like, you know, just, like, going through the levels and stuff. I guess what I like about it is you get tons of gun ammo in this game. So being a shooty guy, um, there's just lots of things that are fun to do in this game. Now the clip you're showing, everyone's using melee, but they look low level. So have they have they um, made? I mean, some of the complaints about the game have they been addressed yet? Are they working on? Well, for it? me, the game has always been stable. So mm-hmm. like the stability issues are never an issue for me. So I can't tell if it's improved. Um, the game works worked reliably. You know, I had a great time. Um, you know, the level diversity, there there isn't a ton of levels. There isn't a ton of weapons, but you know, there's, there's some choice. There is like a, there's choice there. You do pick a build of a gun and a melee weapon that you like the best. And, and there's a talent tree. So as you level up, you do, you know, end up with, it's not like Diablo levels of like, look at my characters changed, but you get advantages and stuff and make yourself more efficient. I just overall, it has the. I think what's good about it, it ha- it has that white knuckle thing, mm. and working cooperatively does lend better to success than to not. So you know, like staying grouped together, watching someone's back, saving them from dudes. Then the way that Vermintide is there, so it, it's it's fun. Mm. Uh, soundtrack's great, of course, and the gunplay does feel good as well as the melee actually works. For it. It's fun, I guess, mowing down hordes of hundreds of those Nurgle uh, zombies. Mm. You know, like. Like, you know, they really sort of do nail the, the bloody, like, survival aspects. I just really enjoy this game quite a bit. Remind me, but, are you on a, you're on a ship this whole time, or, does, or do you go other no, places? No, you're in Tertium, which is, there's ba- you know, there's tons of worlds in the Warhammer universe. Yeah. You're just on another yet another factory world that's been taken over by the Nurgle worshippers. Okay. And, uh, and you're, you're not, you know, you're just people who get conscripted into a mercenary warband for the Emperor. Because uh, you're in prison and you're sort of, you know, your life is kind of forfeit, but you can maybe earn your way to freedom by murdering tons of these Nurgle worshippers, and that's kind of the premise. That's about it. <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun part of 40k that I feel like I don't see enough of is the kind of hive world stuff. I like that crap. You know. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get that with Space Marine too. So this is a very a narrow scope of the Warhammer universe, mm-hmm. which is the um, indentured servitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, militia basically mm-hmm. which is you don't see a lot of because it's not the main draw for a video game it's actually like because looking at their site i'm like you can build an army out of just like regular humans like you don't have to have be space marines or xenos you can be like regular it's like conscripted just militia dude with a gun yeah <laughs> yeah just like humans you know like not yeah. not super human like not the marines like yeah. just regular ass humans and so you kind of get to be that um which is actually kind of interesting so awesome yeah. there's some 
news last week or this week or somewhere that I saw that there may be some progress on a proper 40K series getting made finally, like a TV show. Yeah, Henry Cavill's rumored to be a part of it. Henry Henry Cavill's like oh, in my man. in my head canon. I don't know if this is realistic, but he got sick of them screwing the Witcher. He got sick of the DC bullshit, and he's like, just just cast me in a Warhammer TV show. Yeah, like, like to me, he's like you know, given the amount of times he's come out publicly and said he liked it, I'm like, if I was at Games Workshop and I was trying to break into media, and a A lister was like, I love Warhammer, then I'm like, and he's ripped he's perfect for a space no, marine he's perfect. perfect and he's british like he could actually like get the accent down <laughs> like he he is perfect he yep. is a, the golden warhammer child i'm like get that man a contract let's make something just even a two-hour movie would be fine like i don't hell yeah tv show's great but i'd take two hours of just warhammer because the one thing i will give games workshop credit for is that their cinematics there's no one there that's doing the the D and D thing or the yeah, Disney thing. Of uh, they're like they make Warhammer at they know what people want to see when the Warhammer Hammer cinematics getting made. Oh yeah, that latest one. Marines in so cool. armor yeah. shooting and getting killed. Like <laughs> some story, but like let's not do too much of the weepy weepies here or like the dramas. Like it's just people getting shot and torn up. Yeah, or doing cool magic psyker shit. You know. Yeah. So. Because they are yeah. did they did just release a huge trailer for their updated rule set and all that for yeah. the tabletop and um, that cinematic is gorgeous. It just yeah. made me want to spend more time in that world. All right, yeah, that's awesome. what I mean. Like they they know what audiences want, so I have a lot of faith they'd make something really good and not you know. Yeah, and playing. Cavill's a huge nerd about it. I've heard interviews where they say, "Hey, we hear you're really into Warhammer. What does that mean?" And he'll say, "Well, I just built, I just made my blah 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 army, and I'm painting these guys and." And also, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Necron this and that. It's like you can tell he knows his shit. Yeah. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't you want this actor who's already popular for lots of reasons to do this? I'm not embarrassed about it. Like no. I'm sure there's an, another A-lister who likes Warhammer who does not want the rest of humanity to know he likes Warhammer because <laughs> it would kill his money. Who is it? Who do you think secretly is a Warhammer freak in Hollywood? Let's pick it. Who do you think it would be? Who's also like douchey enough to be a liar about it? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you know what I mean to think like to think that way about like to you know, yeah. I I don't know, but like someone like like The Rock or you know maybe again Vin Diesel's pretty good about that too. I find he doesn't wear well. No, he's pretty he open talks about, about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vin Diesel's it. pretty good too. We can't give him any flack for that. Chat says Chris Pine. Nah, he's not a. I wouldn't think he. He's not no. A I've seen him in an interview. It's his his people he knows know about D and I think that's pretty genuine. <laughs> Kristen Wig. Oh, Crest, uh, Jack Black seems like he would Warhammer. No, we can't think about current actors because today's sensibilities are different. Like, think about like, you know, Tom Cruise in his prime or something like that. <laughs> like, 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 think subtract twenty years. Think of an A lister twenty years ago. Yeah. And one of them has maybe not a Warhammer, but a hobby that like they like that picture of George Costanza <laughs> playing Metroid Prime, where he looks like he got caught with his pants down. Oh, I love that yeah. photo. Like <laughs> the same reason why they change their names, right? Like they change their names because their real names are too lame to be cool. Like that kind of shit. They also, you know, they don't want you to know. I guess the thing that I'm thinking of the most right now is like maybe the fiction that uh, K-pop stars are like single, so they can't ever be caught. <laughs> in a romantic relationship with anybody because of their image, they're trying to project to sell their availability to lonely people. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. So I'm just like, 
Yeah, he looks like he's been caught masturbating. I know. It's yeah. so good. Like, that's the face I make when I masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta go. I hurt myself. Bo <laughs> left. Bo left. left the show because he made a joke he that he found joke. so funny. It he's gone. Hurt him. Yeah, he says I hurt myself. I don't know what that means, but hopefully be fine. Um, all right. Well, that covers our games we played. This is perfect timing because this is where we take a break anyway. When we come back, dear Martha, a return to the Steam reviews today for dear Martha. Oh my gosh, that'll be cool. So stick around for that. Sorry. Oh, you're, oh, you're we're totally fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, it's break time anyway. <laughs> we figured you'd my, already left. You just I, got I heard myself left. laughing like that. I feel you. Don't blow it. Don't blow a gasket or whatever it is. Right, I gotta go. I'll go jacket. Yeah. Go. Oh, geez. Uh, anyway, we'll be back soon with more. Stay tuned. Oh, hi, everybody. We're back, and it's time for Dear Martha. And some of you might be going, oh, another magazine? No. Today, we dip-tap, dip-tap, we dip back yep. into what we used to do before, which is uh, some Steam reviews. John's got a little uh, little offshoot today, a little Steam review business. Anything special here, John, for the... No, I'm just going to rapid-fire these until I feel the segments run long enough. Oh, fair enough. All right, here we go. In real time, everybody, enjoy. My dearest Martha... I present to you now reviews for the new PC port of The Last of Us, Part 1. Hey Sony, I know how to fix this port. Step 1, Fire Iron Galaxy and whatever clown or clowns decided to use them to develop this port. Step 2, tell Nix's software who you already own to drop everything they're doing and fix this hot garbage. It's mind-boggling that they screwed this up so bad. 3080 Ti and 12th Gen i7 with NVMe SSD BTW. Yours in this life, Grenade Hippo. <laughs> By the way. Dear Martha, I got a job, got married, had kids, got divorced, died, and came back to life by the time the shaders were done downloading. All of this to realize that the game runs like shit. This game also eats your VRAM for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Please do not buy until the game is better optimized. Yours in this life, Chaos HN. All right. <laughs> Dear Martha, 80 gigabyte download, one hour. Unpacking the game, 45 minutes. Building shaders, 45 minutes. Loading pre-log, 10 minutes. Actually playing, 5 minutes. Stuttering crash, five minutes actual playing five more minutes stuttering crash five minutes requesting a refund one minute fun had zero minutes yours in this life and the next pal panzer (laughs) my dearest martha controls don't work can't sprint camera juddery at all resolutions and settings rtx 4090 no excuses Crash. <laughs> Yours in this life, zero data. Uh-huh. Yeah. My dearest Martha, I haven't had any crashes, but wow, does this game run like hot trash or what? The game looks great, if only I could keep it above 60 frames per second on high-slash-ultra settings, RTX 3080, and a 5900X on enough, 
getting a solid 50 frames per second at the main menu, rendering a window? Why? What's the point of keeping your hardware up to date if half the games these days aren't optimized? Am I supposed to drop over a grand on hardware every year just to be able to play these games comfortably? Or maybe the gaming industry could just get its shit together. (laughs) Anyways, I'll give it a 4 out of 10 right now because the port itself actually sucks too. My favorite part is Joel's massively delayed movement in respect to the crosshair. Also, no multiplayer? TLDR, the gaming industry is now releasing early access ports, turning a 10 out of 10 game into a 4 out of 10 game. Yours in this life... Uh, Blaggy the Cat. Wow. Blaggy the Cat weighing in. Is that your last one? <laughs> no, one oh, more. Okay. My dearest Martha, the crash of us. <laughs> Yours in this life and the next, T-Bert. <laughs> yeah, this thing, we didn't talk about it in the news uh, or yet at all, but this thing is getting some real hate. People are mad, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's a, it sounds like it's a bad port. Iron Galaxy. It sounds Gee, like what, they what? could have installed it on any of their PCs and figured this out. They didn't need to unleash it to the public to know it was going to. Yeah, like they have to have a range of computers, right? Like, right. let's grab some old computers and see how this stuff goes. You know, with some. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, the the it's a bigger bummer because this is on the heels of this incredible year for this franchise. Like remakes that are running really great on the PlayStation for one, part two. Uh, you know, it widely acclaimed the show having incredible success across the board and mainstream media, like real well done everybody. And then iron galaxy is like, here's this and farts out a, a shit port, which is yeah. a bummer, but you know why that name's familiar. Remember, uh, Arkham Knight, the 2015. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Iron galaxy. Oh boy. That's your problem. You got your wrong. So you got up the water a lot, iron, galaxy. iron galaxy. Yeah. Thanks fellers. Anyway, maybe uh, discover a different kind of metal. I don't know. Figure your shit out, I guess. <laughs> Platinum Galaxy. <laughs> tear tear down all your shit and start over like I do in uh in P what is it? Uh, Dyson Sphere program. DSP. Yeah, DSP. <laughs> Can't think of the damn letters. <laughs> all right. Uh that's it for that. Let's get into a few items that we didn't cover in the news. <laughs> Uh, you can sort of fix how weapons break in Tears of the Kingdom. We talked about that. Um, if you want to learn more, there's a great big article on GameSpot about it. I would recommend reading it. Game um, looks really cool. Yeah. Like for does. all the, we've just talked about the weapons breaking, like that gameplay demo was amazing. I agree. I sure wish it was like, and the Switch 2 coming out the same week. And this is now for the Switch. I kind of wish that was happening. Part of me. That is a little bit of a hurdle for me. Yeah. Like it, the like the thing, and this sounds awful. This is like the definition of first world problems, I guess. Is like as exciting and cool as it is, I still don't think it's enough for me to go dig out and charge my switch and play it. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, this is now a seventy dollar product. So in between um, Breath of the Wild likes, like the first Breath of the Wild and this Breath of the Wild price, this is a twenty dollar price hike. But that's the industry price hike, so I kind of get it. But it feels a little weird paying this this price here for this. I don't know. It's what, like almost 90-something or 95 bucks Canadian? It's crazy. I guess that's the price of video games now. Triple A, baby. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix has released Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Seven. Yeah. NFT trading cards. It happened. 
Are you excited? Poor Final oh, Fantasy VII still mm. continues to get drug into this propaganda machine of NFTs and all of that. Yeah. The game most about fighting the corporate man continues to be the whipping dog of the corporate man. Yeah. It's unfortunate. At least you do get some physical stuff, right? Yeah. So it says here, the card set is a mix of both physical and digital goods. It's a sealed display box that contains 20 physical card packs with six physical trading cards. And there are 207 design variations as well as one exchange ticket that can be redeemed for any one digital card of choice. Uh, the exchange program deal uh, details will be revealed at a later date. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see what the price. There's a bunch of premium cards, gold foil, blah, blah, blah. This has actually been the trend on their NFT stuff, though, because their their first toe dips have been on uh, statues, which mm-hmm. is a physical thing that also comes with the digital NFT oh, element just, as well. These are just random card packs. Yeah. I don't you think they... 20, like, a pack has six trading cards plus one digital card exchange ticket per pack. Right. So it's like buying a box of boosters. Like you're not getting the one to 200. No, no. Of the art you're getting. Oh, but like, I'm looking at these cards. Like this is like the lowest effort. Like, forget the NFTs for a second. The actual card <laughs> art and what they're doing with it is the lowest effort. They don't look that great. When I'm looking, I'm looking at the samples. No, it's just their key art on paper yeah. for $80. Like, I'm like, eh. some of it's old, some of it's new. Some of it looks like concept art from the nineties. Like, I guess what the best case scenario is you can put this in a frame display. If you're a super, like there are super final fantasy, super fans who would like put stuff like in a display. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Not really my jam, but 80 yeah. bucks. I don't know. John, is it tempting? 80 bucks? Come on. No, man. not even remotely. No, no, not interested. I was much closer to buying the, uh, the statue business. Yeah. Cause you can get a, that. you can get a non NFT version of the statues. And I actually think those look cool. Yeah. Um, I like the look of them because it's like kind of a, a hybrid of the original PlayStation style with uh, modern sensibilities. Oop. But you can no, get no. Holy shit, John! Check this out. And Scott, hang on, I'll, I'll link it to you. Look what you can get. Okay, let's see what we can get. You putting this in Discord? Oh, look at this. Sam. Oh yeah, we talked about this on the show. Oh, did we? Yeah, oh, I yeah. forgot. I did cloud address. Oh, yes. we did talk. They, they have some cloud. great, they, like they have some great figurines and stuff like that. Like for all the joke about NFTs and all that, like there there is some good merchandise on there. This is certainly not it, but. Yeah, yeah, Square continuing to just double down on the NFT thing, but to me, it's like buy the version that doesn't come with the NFT. It's less expensive, and who cares? Is there a big call for? Uh, I know he's kind of androgynous anyway, but is there a big call for lady version of Cloud? Is that a thing people want? Well, no, uh, he wore he wore dress in the game. You oh, that's what that this part, reference is. But, okay, I never got that yeah. far. I need to finish. Oh, you never got that? Yeah, I guess you fell off, eh? I did, but I didn't mean to. There's no reason to. I need to get back to it. There's even like a thing. There's there's three different dresses, and how well you perform is how good of a dress you get. Uh, Is this tempting at 200, John? You guys 
Shell out that kind. This no, is, this is Star no. Trek Online cash right here. I mean, like, is. yes, it's tempting, but I uh, like I'm happy when I can afford groceries. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna buy a two hundred dollar cloud figure. No, I wouldn't either. I don't right now, like, oh, it was a twenty dollar trip to the grocery store. I hope my card goes through. It did great. It's a happy day for me. I'm not gonna buy cloud and address. But let's it's, say it's, you it's had great. some disposable income. Is this making the list? Yeah, would you do it? Uh, it wouldn't be the highest on the list, but uh, you know, I oh, wouldn't yeah, argue like, with I, that. I'm, I'm like sort of tempted to, I mean, I don't, I'm not again, same with me. I'm trying to save for a house. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you, you know, need but I like, uh, I like these figurines a lot better than the stupid NFT cards. Yeah, I agree. Which is the point, uh, real quick, the, the blizzard gear store has the statue of Inarius, 26 inch premiums, Diablo four statue, which, you know, Inarius, love him or hate him. He's, you know. We're going to get more of yep. them in four. But this thing is $1,100. It's $1,100. I mean, it's still not as expensive as How the big? Final Fantasy VI statue. Oh, yeah. How big is the statue again? Uh, 26 inches tall is all. It's not that tall. That's what? more. That's over two feet. But Oh, my God. It's 1500 Canadian. Yeah, it's a lot, dude. It's a lot. Yeah. That's a, I'd expect some of the little closer to half-life size or something like for what if fifteen hundred dollars? What if they gave you an I'm NFT? I'm putting a link in Discord because you know I got a one up. What if you get an Anarius? What if you get an Anarius NFT, Bo? Then then what? No, I mean NFTs are dumb. I mean that's the main part of the story. And Aquarian <laughs> yeah. X is double down on the dumb in this case here. Like <laughs> the whole world is like, you know, this is a scam, and the Square Enix is like, la 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 la. Oh my gosh, John! Thirteen thousand eight hundred? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Wait, it's a what? steal $13,800 for this statue. Are you who, kidding? Who is this? What is this character? Who am I looking at? That's six. Uh, who's the lady? Final though? Fantasy VI, Terra. Terra. Oh, Terra, um, yeah, yeah. Magitek armor. Terra's the, 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 the draw? I guess if so. There's a wait list for it. I'm sure they didn't make a ton of them. Can I get a discount? if they? Or you know what? I'll pay extra to get the Moogle guys off of it. They take is this light size John, or is it twenty six inches? It's one six scale. So that probably do you, do you get do you get the Japanese guy with it as well. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, he just he comes to your house and tells you. If you scroll farther, Scott, you'll see him. Just go to the right on the pictures uh, in this carousel. On the right, on the, oh. go up, 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 up on the carousel. This right, one right here. Okay. It's a slideshow, so just press right and keep going through the images. Yeah, keep going, go, 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 You have to go wild. Uh, yeah, the keep guy going. on the table. Well, the guy at the oh, table. this guy. This guy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That guy? That's oh, like, oh, yeah. Maybe. Can I get him? Okay. You know what? Yeah. Put him sitting here instead of these Moogle Googles, whatever they are. The, the Moogles are great. Hate them. The Moogles are great. No, I prefer, yeah, no, Moogles are all right with me. I hate them. Yeah. And Mog in Final Fantasy VI is awesome, too, so. Yeah. All right. Just, wow. Six. Is this the most expensive one? Or the, the I like to me, this is, you know, the most expensive one I've seen. It's a beautiful statue. I'd love it. Yeah. I can't afford $200 cloud and address. I definitely can't afford the $1,400. Yeah, I mean, you could get a no, $14,000 statues. The most expensive, the cheapest thing I have on here are these near automata uh, little chibly looking guys. They're tiny and they don't really look like they're worth the 50 bucks they're charging, but that's the cheapest thing you can get here. Most everything's at 150 and above. Oh, this one of cloud and his bike. I don't know. Kai. Is it Kai? I don't know the character. Anyway, right. dude and his bike from seven. 
Um, Zach or uh, oh wait, is it um, Romeo? What's that guy's name? Um, That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Roche, yeah. Roche or Rock or is it Rock? I think his yeah Rock. I think it might be Rock or something. But Kai might be his Japanese character oh. name. Now that's a badass motorcycle, and he's super. He's posable, like all of his stuff moves. That's really cool. But I'm not paying four ninety nine or four sixty nine for that. The way they did that guy in remake was awesome. That guy kicks ass. I gotta finish that game so I can see these people. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to. Oh, that game's so good, it makes me cry. I know. I'll do it. I have it. I'll just I just need to do it. Um. Okay. What else? Real quick. Oh, this is kind of some. Sad, potentially sad news. PSVR sales are so low that analysts, uh, trusted analysts, are advising they need to do a price cut to avoid disaster. Uh, it's something like 200 and something thousand uh, units were sold. That is not enough to justify Sony's investment in their latest PSVR. Probably makes them regret no backwards compatibility and a few other issues that would have helped. Um, I just think Quest needs eating their lunch. Yeah, you can argue Quest doesn't do good either, but like from a consumer perspective, experimental technology. Do you want to buy a PS5 and buy this and pay full price for games, or do you want to pay the minimum amount possible because you think it's cool? Which is, you know, I did that. Yeah. Um, have cheaper games, be able to hook it up to your PC, yeah, or just have it standalone. Remember, PS2 VR is wired. You have to. There's no standalone where you don't wire it. So, yeah. you know, I, it's probably not good. And like, we don't need a premium VR headset. There's that doesn't hook to your PC and take advantage of that. St- like with the PC has to offer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's also a timing but, issue. Like it's just bad timing. This is, there's a lot of price increases out there that are making cost of living cause an issue for a lot of people. So, you're being asked yeah. to spend yeah. 500 bucks on a yeah. peripheral for a device where if even if you hold the old one or own the old one, you're not going to be able to play any of those games. Yeah. You have we're to buy in hangover games. mode financially. This isn't the pandemic where we're happy to have things to do in the house. Everyone's starting to make plans and everything. The price went up insane yeah. and continues to go up. So the actual the actual quote here from the analyst is uh, IDC analyst Fran- uh, Francisco Geronimo is his name. <laughs> That's great. Uh, has said, to quote, I suspect a price cut on the PS... VR 2 will be needed in order to avoid a complete and utter disaster of their new product. So, I guess they don't want a warehouse full of them. They're better to sell them off and try and make money on the back end by making great VR games. Yeah, see? It's the experience um, that matters. It's already got to be a loss. Like, I just don't, yeah. With with this insane competition, it's a gimmick sell. I think a lot of people look at it like you would look at the Wii board. What the Wii? The what was Wii, that? Wii? Oh, Fit? the Wii. Uh, we fit. We fit. Is yeah, it? We yeah. fit or the Connect? Remember the Connect? Yeah. Oh, I had yeah. Connect. You use it like five days and then it sits in the. Sh- <laughs> I still have it. It's in the closet behind me. Yeah. It's a paperweight for my closet. <laughs> it's yeah. just extra weight that my house has to carry. Uh, I like the, the dance. Twenty game. years. There was a dance you know? game I really liked with it, but other than that, that thing got no use out of me. I yeah, I played that dance game. I know what you're talking about. I had it, but it has a feature where it re- replays your dance, but yeah. in fast speed back to you. Yeah. And it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't touch it again. Like I didn't need to see that. Yeah. I, I liked it better in my imagination that I was being good and cool. I did not need to see a video of what I just did. No. It killed the fun for me. Compl- I'm like, it's recording me? Yeah, it yeah. does. It and it like, listens to everything you said. And I had good voice command stuff, though. I was impressed with that at the time. Yeah. Uh, I think Pol- I wanted it to be better than it was, unfortunately. True. Work out. It's been confirmed that Project Polaris is to be, uh, will be Witcher 4. It's being worked on. 
We knew this though. This isn't that surprising, right? Well, the guy was denying it. The the leader of the um, CD Project Project Red, like like I think it it was a few people that had leaked, and they're like, we have absolutely not announced it. But there was an earnings call because the link I provided was to the audio of it. Oh right, and it's 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 linked. Here, it's, it's right like to embedded, the time, isn't it? Embedded it? at the time, so you, you'll just start it right up. All right, here we go. Check it out, everybody. Let me turn it up all the way. Here we go. It's playing. I think. I'm going to take a, I'll take a little the, bit. The, the, the first one. Um, we are uh, preparing many things on the pipeline sides and toolset sides. Uh, some developers are still learning the technology, and at the same time, there are teams working together with Epic on uh, all those aspects that are needed for our open RPGs. And definitely for the first project, I mean, Polaris, uh, it will maybe not slow down, but it it won't accelerate the the, the processes. But for the, for the, for the next projects, we, we assume that uh, it it should smoothen the the production. That was that was one of the reasons uh, behind uh, behind saying the strategy that we want to release three big Witcher games within six years, starting from from the the release of Polaris, which oh. is Witcher Four. Oh, he did. It. He announced it. Did he think he yeah. meant to? It sounded like he didn't mean to. Kind of. Well, I mean, it's it's probably a gaffe, but. I think the website that's linked to, I think their their recordings are a part of the public record. Like it's the 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 account's called CD Project Red IR. So hmm. I don't know. What, I thought we already knew about this, and there was going to be school of the links and all of that. I knew there. I knew there was a Witcher Four in development, but I don't think we knew that Polaris was the game. Polaris. Was the, oh, we just yeah. didn't know that it was the code name Polaris. Yeah, because for all we knew, that was some other IP, or that was a cyberpunk thing, or you know, nobody knew. But now we know. So Polaris, yep. Witcher 4, coming first, Unreal Engine 5, point whatever they'll be doing by then. I'm actually really excited to see what they do with that engine because their engine was getting a little jank. Yeah, with metahumans, you'll now yeah. get to see them say the C word and <laughs> even more fidelity. <laughs> There's a yeah. lot of that C word in the game, you know. That that, that um demo they did at GDC that's been floating around, the capture, face capture they did in like two minutes with an iPhone and then converted it to Unreal, ready to just be put into the game. And they used the girl from oh, that game, Bo, you played it recently, the um, the, the one in Iceland where it's scary. And she's oh, kind of, Hellblade, Hellblade, Hell, that lady. Uh, she does this quick, yeah, demo. that was really good, unbelievable. Eh? Like, I could not believe how quick that went and how. I don't know. Whatever. We're heading into a whole new era, and it's getting it's getting both yeah, exciting. Vtubing is just getting started, boys and girls. Oh, Everyone's yeah. going to be vtubing. Yep. I kind of want be, it. I'm going to be a, a high resolution Tyrannosaurus Rex. I want a vtube, and then no one know it's me. I want to start a whole separate side of my life over there. Yeah, do it. You can do it now. You can start. I'm going to. I second. just need the tool. I need to get my head get around your the Vroid Studio, maybe, or um, was it Vroid? Yeah, you don't want to use VR chat. That's like pretty cumbersome. I think there's some Vroid Studio to make your avatar, and then you get some software that, you know, gives you a cam output. There's some stuff on Steam. Some of it's free, but I don't know. I think the best ones are obviously get custom made. But you're an artist. I think probably yeah. that you can use your art and the tools to put something together. Maybe does it have to if be he used his art? We would know though. Yeah, it did or have at to least be strongly else. suspect. Yeah, this might be the way to go because from what I can tell, this Vroid Studio is all anime looking people. 
So that would be a good yeah, way to Yeah, but hide. I think you can upload your own shit. You know, like, yeah. yeah, it's all anime, but I would be willing, I think. I don't know. You'd have to, I don't know it full, but I've been looking into it because it's just interesting. Um, the technology's not, there's a level, what's it, the barrier to entries? Not that high. You have a head start if you can do art. I think the biggest thing when I look at it is, well, I can't really draw things, so I got to contract out work. I'm going to download art. it and check it out. Oh, they have a Mac version too. That's cool. All right. I'm going to look at all that. Um, and so if you guys see a really popular VTube channel show up that you have no idea who it is, it's probably not me. Okay. <laughs> I think you should just lean it. Don't worry about Why do you got to? I don't know. Why? Unexplored some side of yourself. No, no, no. It's not that. Yeah. It's like the next phase of, uh, uh, of my life could be tricking the whole world into thinking that some, I don't know, 19-year-old hot up-and-coming VTubers out there rocking and rolling. I'll do some voice stuff so I sound like I'm I'm 19 again. Like, I got this <laughs> I have this whole idea how I can, like, go next phase with this. But it's all dumb, and I'm probably not going to do it. Okay, but you want to be young again. Then well, finally, just do a big face reveal and be surprised. <laughs> it was me all yeah, along. This happens all the time. Like, there's some Korean influencer that everybody thought was, like, an 18-year-old girl that fixed up motorcycles and one of the videos glitched and it turns out it was some 58 year old dude who's been doing the whole thing the whole time. and was just faking it. Like, I don't know why that, I find that fascinating. I don't want to fool people. The goal it's isn't the jo- to like It's the seed. Joey pants conundrum. Right. I know the steak isn't real, but it looks like steak and it Kinda, tastes like yeah. steak. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even better. That's the, where people get uncomfortable where it's like, oh, maybe you have an intimate encounter with the lady avatar with a wonderfully feminine voice and oh, maybe it, Maybe it's a it's a dude, and it says something about your sexuality, mm-hmm. or it says something about the ephemeral nature of what we find pleasure. Like it's pro it's fine. It's probably fine, and like all that stuff that's in between. Yeah, in that exploration, where me- you know you're not. This isn't pervy stuff you're doing. You just want to be like, I want to like. I want people to be into me because I'm a kid because people just seem to gravitate towards youth, right? And there's something kind of fun about that. And I think as you get older, you definitely miss. I mean, I start to miss that too, where I just want to be a 20 year old. And then I have to remember, well, I'm a 40 year old. So if I say certain things, people are going to take it a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't just be like boogers, 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 penis, poo. And, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're 43 years old. Why are you behaving that way? Boogers, <laughs> you know, boogers, like, boogers penis, poo. Um, I, but you know, to, me, it's like, say. to me, it's like Daft Punk. You never want to see under the helmets. I don't want to know. I'd rather the illusion of these eternal robot men making music. I don't need to see what's under there. And I know pictures exist, well, but they, I avoid them. They broke up, too. Well, they didn't break up. They just quit making music. I think they still hang and stuff. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, they, but you know I'm what I'm gonna saying? I'm going to test. Anytime I think there's a VTuber that's Scott, I'm just going to go in and go, hey, man, how's it going? You know what's overrated? Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Like, <laughs> Oh, the restraint. What's the deal? It's just a, it's just a movie about going to a place and then coming back. Yeah. Like it's just a, it's a restraint. I'm not sure I have. We'll and, have, we'll have uh, you know, Hey, question. What do you think of breakable weapons in video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, you would know all the buttons to push. And uh, before you, <laughs> that way you'd be able, you'd be able to call people boomers too. Yep. If you're pretending to be a kid, you'd be like, Oh, look at the boomer in chat. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, like somebody's in their thirties. You'd be, cause you'd be pretending to be young. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me, speaking of like altering voices and appearances and all that, last week we tried to get a John voice converted 
Oh, uh, right. It didn't work very well. Um, I usually have really good luck with this. Like my version. Um, let me, I'll, I'll do it now so you guys can hear how effed up this is. So this was me. And let's just say I said something like, I could sure go for a pizza right now. Okay, so that's our sentence. And here's how I would say it. Put us right there. Okay, here we go. Generate voice. Oh, come on. Why aren't you working? There we go. Okay. Whoops. Why Why didn't it play? I could sure to go for a pizza right now. I sure. What? I could sure That's go. That's all you. <laughs> I, I, I could sure, sure to go, to go, go for a pizza, right, a pizza right, now. right now. Yeah, it sounds weird. Okay, so it sounds like me. Now let's change it over to John. And I thought it would do it because I gave it a good sample of you. And here's what we got. This isn't right. I could sure go for a pizza right now. It's not. It's not it. Whoa! I, there's a. There's a. There's like. Um. It's like fifteen percent, John. There's, there's, there's a taste there's a, there. there's a hint of John. But yeah. Hey, I can sure John, go for pizza right now. It's like me doing a radio voice. Yeah, yeah. it's really weird. Anyway, but I could change my voice in real time. I could do all kinds of things. Never take my helmet off. No one would know. It'd be great. You picked a weird time to sample me, though. I was kind of laughing and giggly and high energy because the show was almost over and I was going to finally get food in my belly. It was it wasn't me like this right here is more me just kind of talking more normal. Well, I tried to do it from Mario and I got this. Let's know this. I could sure go for a pizza right now. It's like not even close. Because it's all, oh, hello, you know, like that kind of stuff. It was all just Martinet samples, and this this person is not Mario. Like, listen to that. I could sure go for a pizza right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. I'm breaking through. Right. While you're bringing this up, because tangentially, I did post something about this today, and mm. it sort of linked, so I just added it in, but we can discuss it real quick. But someone's working on a mod for Skyrim VR. That includes using chat GPT and the voice synth you're talking about. Yeah. So there's a link to a video where he's like actually sampled the Skyrim voice actors and have them talk in their voice, but it's chat GPT output. And the Python script automatically gives them context to who they are. So it's not like you're talking to chat GPT. You're like, I'm, you know, Griswold and I take care of the bar. It's in the link if you want to play it. Yeah, I do want to. I want to see this. It's just two. It's a Skyrim VR chat GPT mod in the works. Wait, where'd you put it? In the news. In the news, sorry. Like, uh, I'll highlight it here, right? Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, the, the YouTube link. Yeah, I should have embedded it to the start code. Let's play a bit of this. Um, oh, it is on a timer. I think you did. 51 seconds in. Hello, Skullvar. Let me check who that is. I heard Skullvar. Did you say Skullvar? Solo or Subrace? Number one. Starting conversation. Greetings, it's stranger. like I'm in Norway. What business do you? <laughs> this one guy's pretty good. Hold on. Okay. I have with me. Greetings, my friend. My name is Hulda. I am the owner and innkeeper of the Bannered Mare in Whiterun. So the, the whole concept here is that they're... That's they're ChatGPT. ChatGPT yeah. doing context from whatever their inputs. So so it's, it's dynamically generating what they're saying. So even though the voices right. aren't perfect, that's still a pretty impressive thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like rudimentary, but it, it is what I was talking about a few weeks ago on the show, which is like, give the AI, like ChatGPT, some context. You're role-playing. You're, we're playing yeah. D&D, and I need you to play the role now of this character. And the character will also 
the Python script, if you've met them before, they're not going to act like they've never met you. So it'll be like ChatGPT. You're going back to playing the character of Ragnar. You met the drag and you met the character before, and you know he's a dragonborn. Go. Mm-hmm. You know, so like like basically, ChatGPT can be a virtual DM in Skyrim or other RPGs. Crazy. All right. is, I just thought it was fun that someone's actually trying to work on it, and the results are actually showing promise like it's obviously really terrible like john said start conversation just like how they do it in yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you know given some development we could have like a very like immersive gameplay experience where you never know what the hell the, the bot's gonna say but he will do it in character mm-hmm. which is cool it is cool almost as cool as this let's go it's a me a mario see it's just so wrong Let's go! It's a me and Mario. Let's go! It's a me and Mario. <laughs> it's me. It's me, you guys. Hey, hey, everybody! It's, it's Mario. John, you're supposed to say, and somehow still better than Chris Pratt. Uh, well, you know, honestly, here's the thing. Let me let me just talk about Chris Pratt. Yeah, can Mario. we take a second about Chris? Pratt? He did. He did an interview, and I gotta give him some respect because he's certainly being put through the ringer on this. Yeah, like. Every asshole with an opinion is given yeah. their opinion, and sure. it's generally not good. Right. <laughs> and instead of being like, no, I'm going to do the best Mario voice you ever heard. It's going to be the best Mario. He he said exactly what I genuinely believe, as much fun as I've poked. Yeah. Which is, come see it in context of the film. See what you think. I think it's fine, but I understand why passionate people care so much. Yeah. And like, that's true. Yeah. Like, do I think he's the best choice? No, <laughs> he's not going to be my favorite Mario, but I bet I watched that movie and I would bet you as much fun as I make. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah. where my money is going to be. Yeah. But I do think Bob Hoskins was the best <laughs> cast Mario. Maybe of all. Well, time. now we have the not technology. in the best movie, right? But he's a great Mario voice right there. I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit again recently, and as soon as you start talking, I was like, "Man, such a good Mario!" <laughs> yeah, so it's so well, perfect. I mean, yeah. Matt at Chris Matt Chris Pratt is also kind of the wrong direction, right? I mean, right. You know, he's, he's just he's doing a, a job. Yeah, he's a worker. He's he, working. Took, he, took, he took the job. You know, he took like, the job. Yeah. The issue is the company angry, that's like, hey, let's get Chris Pratt director, instead of somebody that sounds good. Director, like, it's whoever made the aesthetic decision to be like, the now this this is Mario. You know, like you're sitting on the whoever's sitting across from Chris Pratt on the couch, no. and it's like you, you're perfect. Mm. Who is this oh, person beautiful. you're being? Who is this person you're being? This, this Whatever the director is, I don't know, like Martin Scorsese, like, you've been captured the essence <laughs> of what it means to be Mario. It's like a I little Al Pacino and a little, just the old man in an I RPG. I guess he more talks like, I'm Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I love what you're doing with the Mario thing. I think the people are going to love it. They're going to uh, love it. I mean, is that more Martin Scorsese? I don't know, but if Martin Scorsese was directing the Mario animated film, I would be stoked about that. He used to do, for a theater I went to as a kid, he used to do an intro talking about the importance of movies. And it used to drive me crazy because as he was talking, it would get to the end. And he was trying to say, you know, films are so important and maybe you'll learn something about yourself. But the way he said it in the interview is he goes... And maybe, 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 maybe you'll learn something about yourself. I was like, that is too many maybes. Why did we go with this take where he says maybe five times? And it became a running gag with me and my family where 
we would just add maybes multiple times to conversations we would have with one another. Yeah. Yeah. So well, anytime someone says Martin Scorsese, I just picture him saying maybe over and over and over again. I think that's a cool thing to carry through the rest of your life with, though. I like it. Yeah. Speaking of carrying maybe. things through your maybe. life, we have to carry this call through through its fruition. Check this out. That's a good question. This is a call sent to us at 801-471-0462. They left us a voicemail. It's about combinations. And I'll just play it. Here you go. Hey, this is for the core team. This is Chad. Um, I'm just curious if you guys have heard of the game Stray Blade coming out pretty soon. It seems to be a combination of Dark Souls and an animation style almost in Fable. Um, that being two of my favorite combinations, Dark Souls and Fable. Um, what would be something that you guys would like to see with your favorite gameplay style and an animation style put together? Uh, love you guys. This show makes me laugh every week. Please keep doing it. 359 plus. Let's keep going. Love you guys. All right. Um, I'm not sure you said Fable or Sable or what the first game name was. Because Fable, was... but the, the Tray Blade is what I got. Tray Blade. Okay. Or maybe it's yeah. Is that, a, is that a game? Is it Tray Blade? I don't know. I couldn't find it. But the question stands. Like f- this, what combination do we want? Like if you say the gameplay of uh, see, in some ways, I would say Elden Ring is the fruition of this for people that wanted the gameplay of a Souls like. And the exploration of Zelda Breath of the Wild or a you know a large open world game. And there's your your thing. It's not specific to animation, but there's your combination. So for me, because of where my head's at right now, I would want Dyson's for your program. In 40k world, but though. All the time. 40k oh, world Dyson 40k. So what I'm oh. saying is you got the Emperor King up in space somewhere being kept alive by a bunch of tech priests. And you're well, you got to keep them alive by feeding them the ten thousand yes! souls, and you have to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you you're really on to, and it's, it spans the galaxy like Dyson Sphere does. It yes. has a whole galaxy of yeah. Yes. Oh my God, Scott! You can you imagine a cooler setting for this? And you would do some dastardly shit. It wouldn't be nice, clean factories. It'd be. I'm I'm gonna make Costanza face again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing. I'm happy. I'm telling that- you. Factory. Uh, they might yeah. make this. They make every other Warhammer game. I think this combination could happen. <laughs> no, but it needs to be good. Like, I don't well, want to. Sure. I don't want. I don't. I don't want one of the Warhammer uh, sweatshop games. <laughs> well, sometimes they are. So, like their game, that's like the, that. Basically, is the war part of uh, Civilization is really good. That's like a really good game, and it's basically turn-based Civ, but Warhammer. Um, they given the right people, they could do it. But you're not wrong, Bo, to worry. Because there's a lot of shovelware when it comes to war. war. Yeah, shovelware, not sweatshop game. I use the wrong yeah. term. Yeah. Well, shovelware. Maybe same. Maybe both things can apply. But, um, but I would play the shit out of a good one of those. Just a factory automation thing. Yeah. Just copy. Yeah, no, just carbon copy Factorio or DSP. Like you have to whatever. build servitors or something, you know, or you have to like, you know, do something where you assemble the servitor, then the servitor does a thing. It maybe transports lungs mm-hmm. to the lung. Uh, processor, the lung processor turns into lung goo. Mm-hmm. The lung goo is poured into a mold that makes yep. uh, something that uh, a, an urn that can house a soul, yeah. <laughs> along with some sort of gem mined yeah. from uh, some Xenos uh, worlds or something. Yeah, yeah, and you're some kind of like tech priest floating around with your cool long arm things, going for the Omni Messiah. Every once in a while, you just say that. 
And then uh, they. I oh, mean, look I at guess this. We could pitch them. Will Warhammer give us an advance if we just? Yeah, let's just pitch this. <laughs> idea. I just call if we just get if we know a contact and money. say we're going to make Dyson Sphere program, but Warhammer, we need five million. Will they just say yes? Is yeah, it like they might? Yeah, I'm pretty sure like that's Netflix? how those deals get done. Yeah. I like what I like the title Ziggurat in the chat. Call it Warhammer Forge Worlds. That's a perfect yeah. name. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Make Warhammer Forty K Forge Worlds. Yeah, for Warhammer Forty K Forge Worlds. Oh, or just Forge World. I don't care. Whatever. Soul Forge program. Yeah. He he says Manufactorum. That's not bad. Soul Forge Manufactorum. Tell me this isn't a great idea. Tell me, and I'll. No, be- no, it's perfect. I, I, I'm obviously I'm not good enough to make a game like that. Yeah. Unlike Vampire Survivors, this is really hard. Yeah, yeah but, it's going to be multiple weekends, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Two or but, three. You know, least, if yeah. we could get a couple million in advance, I'm sure I could. We could find a maybe a talented programmer or two. Yeah, you know, I'm I don't, all I don't in. Know. It's ah, we got to finish. I just want that game. We just got to finish Warhammer, or sorry, <laughs> Warhammer Lake Run. I almost said we got to Warhammer finish. 40k Lake Run. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. That's not a bad idea. Thank it's you, the Misho same Tiger. as Super Lake Run. It's just a lot of Space Marine grunting when he poops. Yeah, like, arr, arr, for, arr, for the for the Emperor. Arr. Arr. Uh, John, do you have any combos that you haven't seen happen that you would like to? I, I mean, basically anything mixed with XCOM, and I'm in. Like, I, I'm such a sucker for like fun turn based. Uh, combat that like i the problem is is i keep thinking of things i'm like that's what i wanted overwatch to do that's what i wanted starcraft to do stepping outside of blizzard i play a damn pokemon game like that like (laughs) it's just that that formula always seems to work on me and i will just get in and i will uh no life it until i'm done did you say anything though in xcom just about Just so go to Steam. I don't know if I've told you guys about this game. I went to talk about it, but I ended up playing that much. Have you have they talked about a game called Troubleshooter? No. What is it? So go to Steam, type in Troubleshooter in the chat. Looking it up. Troubleshooter Abandoned Children. So this is basically Can a Scott show this on stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, okay. safe for work. It's okay, not it's not porn. one of those. It looks like porn. It's a visual novel mixed with XCOM. <laughs> it looks like porn, it but don't like worry. Porn. Keep the clothes up. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It, it looks like one of those games on Steam because it's a visual novel um, mixed with XCOM, and you have all the they're like animeish characters. It's by a Chinese developer, yeah. and there's a ton. Apparently, a ton of content. Like there's a ton of levels in this. And it's like full on XCOM style combat, except they do tornado, like, uh, you know, JRPG bullshit. Oh, I'm just yeah. saying, you said anything. This this looks, this looks legitimately awesome. cool. This kind of looks awesome. So I have it, I've played it, and I liked it so far, but I just haven't gotten back to it. Cause, yeah, but it's, anyways, that's, that, that is something I played a little bit um, and meant to get back to and never did. And it's I just 50% it off right now, half off. Yeah, $14.99. Look at all this DLC, man. Also, this game $52.37 of DLC. Wow. Yeah. Well, the game. Oh, wow. There's. And that's well, on just, sale. It, it's, it's just cosmetics. The actual. Oh, okay. They actually add levels all the time and don't charge for it. This is just cosmetics. That's great. Um, apparently, there's actually a lot of game to it as well. Like, just read the reviews. It was. At the time I got it, it was overwhelmingly positive, but I know this won't be everyone's cup of tea like i'm looking at one negative review localization and un- unintelligible ui they don't have someone good at english translating it so it's got the same charm as dice's oh program. good i'm good i kind of <laughs> like that and uh but yeah no it's uh it's fun 
I used to think I used to think the bomb, you know, like my favorite bad localization was Japanese games because there was so much of it, and that's what you got to hear. But honestly, bad localization from Chinese games are kind of Chinese. Chinese Chinese are pretty bad at their next level. Yeah, some some of them. I mean, I guess I could say the same about me. (laughs) 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 It's not shade. I just it's bad. You know, no, it'd be like me localizing a Chinese game and like forget it. It's never gonna work. But but um, no, it's it's actually a pretty awesome. For an indie developer, I think it's also a small team. You know, since we're not talking 2K games here, yeah. but um, it's yeah, no, just uh, just check it out. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't. It's Twelve bucks, but uh, it's XCOM. It's the only other XCOM style game I've ever seen. Modern XCOM huh. that uh, isn't XCOM. All right, or one of the other. I guess there's like Phoenix Point or whatever. Yeah, Phoenix Point's all right. I like that game. That's on Game yeah. Pass too, so no need to spend yeah. if you've got. And it, there's but. the other one, is it Biomutant? I think or something. Like I that. just really liked Marvel Midnight Suns, and I that oh, that was, was a, great. Yeah, that was a fun evolution of the the like That's gameplay good style, and yeah. I I want to see more people get creative with stuff like that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good mashup. I'm with you on the term. I just turn based combat, man. It's so much fun done right. It's amazing. Keep that stuff coming, internet. Uh, all right. Thank you for the call. You can leave us those voicemails, those voicemails at 801 471 You can also text that number if you'd like, or you can send us an email to talk to the core at gmail.com. I want to say hi and thanks to some brand new patrons. We got a big handful this week. Ian Cameron, Rath, I said Rathcock. Uh huh. Almost did. He almost got him, Rathock. He got him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll count. You can count it if that was your plan. You got me to say it pretty much. Uh, but it's Rathock, according well, to this. That might have been his name before WoW made him change it, right? Like, yeah. Maybe. That's a good point. Uh, Trevin uh, Hayes Skunk. That's a cool name. Captain that's Vampire. When a skunk comes around and you just got to rib them a little bit because oh, they're new in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite Indica is Hayes Skunk. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about Rathcock. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, Captain Vampire. <laughs> Captain Vampire is also pretty cool. He's the leader <laughs> of vampires. Yeah. And then Melon Grace. These are all cool names and cool people that have joined us over at patreon.com slash core show, where you will never get any commercials ever. You'll get pre-show content every week. You will get art in the mail now. You didn't get that before, but we broke through that record back in November, Boom. and now we're making up for it by uh, backlogging it. But- so I think the new record for 2000 is to get you to play... Scary games in VR. Mm, is that it? Oh Lord! So. You're gonna have to set that bar very high, yeah. for Scott. Ten grand His an exact episode. Words were never again. That <laughs> usually means it's cost money. You know what? If we got ten grand an episode, I'd do it. Oh well, come on, you gotta be a little real. Man, I would love if we got ten grand. That's what I'm saying. Seriously, if, ev- if no everyone more listens, worrying about groceries for me. <laughs> if, if everyone who listens signs up, because you know, not I'm not, not to throw shade, but I like to bring it up. The people who support are like two percent of the listener base. Oh, always, yeah. And they are beautiful, beautiful people. The and best I'm just saying, humans. if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. But. If we were to bring our conversion rate, you know, up to like a healthy 20%, let's say. Oh, my gosh. 10 to 20%. You know, Scott, is. I'm, I'm, I am putting, I'm flying to Utah. I'll, afford, I'll be able to afford the plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to kidnap him and strap the headset on and we'll stream it even if he doesn't want even to. Even if I don't want to. I would do so many yeah. things if we could do this. The thing is, uh, I realize it's not always realistic to ask for such a thing. But if somehow you guys could get us to a place where everybody was making enough money to focus most of their time on core content. 
We could have. I mean, yeah, like I oh, would it'd quit, be crazy. I would, yeah, I would quit the day job, and you'd see me streaming more, and I'd be communicating about what other cool things. Maybe D and D would come back. Yeah, I'd know. tell the wife to raise the baby. Yeah. What am I we're doing? Pay raise her to baby. raise the child. I'm making video game money That's now. Right, we're not far off from being able to do that. Like honestly, it's one of the biggest. If I can just be real for the moment, it's one of the biggest struggles. Is we're so close to that threshold where I can do that. Yeah, we're getting there. But, but you know, all I'd like to say is you know not a lot. But if you do enjoy the show, some of you've been listening for years. A dollar an episode is all it takes. Is that the minimum? Yeah, they just do the minimum. Come in, dollar one buck, an, you know, in. it's uh, four bucks. I mean, I spent. I think I bought two sandwiches at Wolfdown, the Dooner place, and it was fifty dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah, prices are going up, but the price yeah. of core isn't. You know, no, like the price dollar. of we are cheap. Where are we? Don't inflate. Okay, and we appreciate it immensely. I and wish it, I didn't inflate. Yeah, oh my God. we don't. We wow. well, I inflate. I fluctuate. <laughs> it's it's just my pitch to say thank. Otherwise, thank you for those who support, and we're all. I love you anyway, even if you don't. There you right? go. So, exactly. Yeah. Very well said, Bo. Uh, so anyway, go check it out. Patreon.com/slash/coreshow. All the details are there, and we'd love to have you. Uh, also, join our Discord if you haven't yet. It's a fantastic place to hang out. The core uh, group or channel is really popping. There's always a bunch of conversation in there about all the latest and greatest, so go check that out. You can go find it at our website, frogpants.com slash core, or go straight to frogpants.com slash discord. It'll get you right in, and it covers all the Frogpants network. But if all you want is core, it's right there. There's a little channel. Hop in. Be a part of it. We'd love to have you. Uh, talk to the court. Gmail.com is the email address. 801-471-0462 is our phone number once again. And now we throw it over to Fast Pace Grandma, who will catch us up on what games we played today. Grandma, take it away. Good Lord, y'all talked for almost four hours. The hell is wrong with you? I thought this was going to be a short one. Well, here's the games they played, seeing as you might have forgotten from four hours ago when they talked about it. They all all played Diablo 4. And then Scott and John played the Resident Evil 4 remake. And then Scott played Dredge. That was the boat game. And he played Refractory. And then he also played Refactory during the Refractory period. And that's the game that's filling in for Dyson's fear when he can't be at his computer. Yeah. Uh, Bo played Diablo 4, Diablo 2, Dark Tide, and Farthest Frontier. What about John? He didn't play shit that you all didn't play. He didn't do he didn't do anything. He just played Diablo No Life to Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, Grandma's right. It's and true. I can't argue with it. The one point we need to remind people of, if you want to see this live playthrough of Resident Evil 4 Remake with me and John, that is happening on Tuesdays at uh, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. So we're doing it in two-hour chunks. Every week until we have beaten that game. That's so, a big recommend, by the way. It yeah, was very entertaining. Lots of fun. They're up on YouTube after, so if you miss it, definitely uh, find those there, and you'll find that link on our website as well. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic week. And we'll see you next time. If you like what you just heard, there's a very good chance you will like all the shows on the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Thanks to the bioweapons created by Umbrella, 